Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now, living flesh and blood terror. Blood spilling, bone chilling, towering terrors in one twin thrill show. The Crawling Thing. As clutching terror reaches toward you, the scream you hear will be your own. It's too awesome to describe, too terrifying to escape, too powerful to stop. The Crawling Thing. Plus, from another world, the creature of evil. Half man, half monster, but all horror. Feel your throat grow tight with terror. Watch. Listen. Shudder. Die. The creature of evil. Can you stand to see the most gruesome twosome ever made? The Crawling Thing and the Creature of Evil. Produced in Hollywood by Maniacs. <laughs> hey, Josh. Hey, Joe. It's- Halloween, our favorite holiday. Absolutely my favorite and holiday. And we, uh, I'd like to do something special for Halloween. And so yes. this time uh, we're going to do something sort of like our pandemic parade that we did in the, uh, to commemorate the, uh, the, the pandemic that we still haven't gotten rid of. Uh, but uh, it was a, we did a series of interviews about pe- of, of people talking about movies in a somewhat condensed manner. And um, so now we're going to do the same thing with some of our previous guests. Uh, talking about, you know, what kind of movies do they like to watch on Halloween and what would they recommend for you? And, you know, and we'll see how many people uh, will come up with stuff that nobody's seen. Uh, exactly. Sounds um, sounds like a plan. And um, I'm going to exploit this to figure out what to program uh, for my own Halloween marathon at the end of the month. Uh, but yes, and we figured at this point we would also uh, take advantage of the situation to raise people's awareness of the Hollywood Food Coalition again. Um, they do great work, and you guys uh, were incredibly supportive of them last time. So um, yeah, we're going to kick it off and start talking to some of our guests about some of their favorite Halloween movies. Boo! Here in person tonight, White Horse Drive in Theater, The Trial of the Dead. 18 living nightmares leap from the stage. All lights go out and the monsters are released from their coffins. They may grab you. Victims from the audience will be thrown from the stage a piece at a time. Human heads chopped off. Jungle worms and swamp rats run around your feet. Extra on stage, back from the grave. The spirit materialization of Bruce Lee, king of kung fu. It's real. On stage, not a movie. You may need help. Help! Help! Tonight, White Horse Drive-In Theater. The one. The only, the classic, Halloween. Halloween guest is the always terrifying Wyatt Cenac. 
uh, no, what it, what it sprang out of is I do this Halloween marathon every year and I try to program, uh, you know, a couple favorites, but then sort of things I always want to find stuff that I haven't seen. And I was like, I just asked some friends for recommendations. And it was like, oh, I can do even better than that. So now it's turned into this giant. We're doing two of these sprawling epic jam sessions that are, uh, we're raising money for the Hollywood Food Coalition and so forth. But we're calling up people who you don't normally associate with horror, at least explicitly and directly, and find out like, what are your Hollywood, your Hollywood, your Halloween uh, choices? Um, what are the, what are the movies you like to put on for these yeah. kind of things that maybe people aren't as familiar with as say the exorcist? Right. Well, that's, yeah, I've never been a huge horror person. And so I feel like when you reached out to me, I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm the best person to do this because my sort of appetite for Halloween typically begins and ends with like dancing bones and all of those kind of like silly symphonies <laughs> types of things. Nothing, nothing Joe can relate to it. All. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I like it simple. I like the childish, I like the childish version of Halloween. I think maybe some of that's, I never did. I never really got to do Halloween as a kid. Yeah. What, 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 where'd you grow up? I grew up in Texas, but uh, Halloween is my mother's birthday. And so it was really like this decision that was made. I I don't know that I had a vote, uh, but it was he's not the, going out and trick-or-treating on mom's wow. birthday oh my god i've never felt so sad for <laughs> yeah uh, that's that's i feel like i remember one year maybe being dressed up in a costume uh but sitting at a honda accord dealership as my mom <laughs> bought a new car on her birthday on her birthday and I got whatever, you know, whatever stale fishbowl of candy that just <laughs> always sits at the receptionist's desk. I was able to get two two lollipops. That's better than no lollipops. Oh That's God. also true. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, well, listen, email me a mailing address and we will send you a giant bowl of Halloween candy. <laughs> that you can eat yourself. Um, I can finally get the cavities I never got as That's a kid. right. Oh, my God. I'm so, I'm so, I'm, I'm moved. I'm He's sad. making up for it now. I, I, I guess so, yeah. Well, um, <laughs> but do, do you do Halloween now? Is it a, a thing that Beyond the Bones or? Not really. I feel like I'll, you know, I get into it and I have, I, you know, every now and again, I'll maybe put on some like theremin music or something like that. <laughs> uh, but, uh, and maybe watch, I'll watch a movie or two. Um, I feel like the last, I mean, the last couple of years, you know, we've had a pandemic, but prior to that, it was always fun to on Halloween to try to be outside, at least for some part of it, especially in a city like New York, where everyone's walking around that you get to see kids and adults in various and and pets too in various levels of costumes. So it was I, I never would go to like parties, but I enjoyed if I was headed to the subway, seeing, you know, who's really a doctor and who's just pretending to be a doctor for the day as being a nurse as being a sexy nurse yeah yes um well well kind of perfect then because uh the idea i guess is that you're going to come up with some recommendations that maybe someone who's immersed in that world would not let us sure. know what do you what do you got for us 
Well, so the first movie, and I don't know that it, I, this is where I have to kind of lean on you two. I don't know if this counts as a horror or if this is a thriller, uh, but you know, there's uh, this Audrey Hepburn film, Wait Until Dark, uh, that I always think of as a scary movie. Audrey Hepburn, the role you're going to remember whenever you're alone. You find it, though. Gloria? She is blind, and she is alone, with a terrible suspicion growing. Gloria, I know you're there. The whole premise of the film is that she's a blind woman who, through some sort of mix-up, has uh, in her possession uh, something valuable and these thieves want to try to get it from her and in doing so they are just like running a long con on her trying to get in and out of her home to search for this thing but the the whole aspect of the movie is she's blind and I guess can't really differentiate between their voices particularly well it's it's actually got one of the great jump scares of all time yes and i and i would say that alan arkin is one of the great screen monsters in that film yeah he's fucking terrifying in that movie what's his oh god what's his name he's got a great name i'm blanking but uh uh yeah no that's that's uh that's fantastic and yeah the, the great bit where um well anyway i won't give anything away if you haven't seen it I would I would say that's a good, especially if you're doing a few. That's a good sort of you start there and you build up. But um, yeah, no. Well, I feel like it was what was good about it too was like it kind of catches you by surprise, as you were saying, Joe. Like there is that sort of great scare moment, and I think if you're not if you're not really looking for it and not expecting it, it's it's a it's an entertaining movie to sit down on a Friday night and just. Oh God, yeah. You, you know, that, and I think that's actually the way that I saw it was there was a while out here where uh, the local PBS station on Friday nights, they would show uh, like I think they would show like Great British Bake Off and then they would show a classic movie. And it was the perfect I'd get home from work and I'd eat some dinner and then I just kind of like, okay, whatever you, whatever you're pulling out PBS, I'm in. And I, and it was, it was wonderful. I had no, like, I had no expectation. I just knew whatever it was, I'm just going to trust them. They went to the video store and they got to pick and I'm along for the ride. And I sat down and I watched it and I had myself a, you know, a little cocktail and I got fully sucked into it. And Ben was reading that, I guess, for the film, Audrey Hepburn wore these contact lenses uh, so that they that she couldn't see. Ah. To, and yeah. It, yeah, and it, it was like, it sounded like a horrible thing because yeah. I think they really like hurt her eyes. And But yeah, she really wanted to be blind. Um, and yeah, it was just a, it was a fascinating, very thrilling movie in a movie in and one of those movies with very few locations yeah yeah pretty much one right it's just yeah, yeah it was a, it was a it was a play originally 
Yeah. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, wow. I'd be very curious to see how that works as a, as a play. It makes sense now that you say it, but yeah. Oh, that's, that's interesting. Harry, Harry Roke Jr. from Scranton. Is that right, Joe? And that is character. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's it. Um, yeah. And then they resuscitated it uh, a while back and um, was it on Broadway and uh, Quentin Tarantino played that part. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. He always, he always liked that character. <laughs> great character. It tells you great. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the next one I've got is uh, the house on Skull Mountain. Beyond the limits of mortal fear, outside the realm of imagination, there's a place where every nightmare you've ever had comes true. The house on Skull Mountain. Skull Mountain. Beyond its doors, the unknown waits. Oh, that's an obscurity. Yeah, I just stumbled on it because there was a part of me that, as we talked the last time I I was here, uh, I'm a fan of black exploitation films and. I was always curious if there was a haunted house, like a like a black haunted house movie. <clears throat> and that one I I found and it is like it's a, again another like interesting movie where you do a little dive into it because uh it's maybe the only scary movie I can <clears throat> I can think of that has uh a like known member of the civil rights movement in it um yeah one of the actresses is uh is a woman named zernona clayton who was uh, a like lifelong friend of martin luther king jr and uh, i believe if you watch the documentary uh king in the wilderness it's uh she's featured prominently in that and was like one of the last people to see him before he uh before he left atlanta uh and and uh and was ultimately assassinated and so it's but weird to see her as like a guest in this haunted mansion are there clips i wonder if he ever saw it that's a good question yeah yeah i wonder yeah and then she went on you do tend to want to see your friends movies you know sure yeah And I wonder if are there clips of a house on Skull Mountain in that documentary? No, <laughs> it, it didn't make it. But I, I do think as a as a movie, I'd be curious in like the story of sort of the Atlanta like film world where that movie kind of lands because I did when I watched it and seeing her in it, and I feel like there's maybe another like. Atlanta like there might have been like an Atlanta area council member or somebody who was also in the film and I I, a part of me wonders oh was this one of those first movies that started to like try to get some kind of 
tax credit or do something, even though it was like decades before Atlanta would become sort of Hollywood Southeast. Right. Uh, I I don't know. It was like, oh, there's there's probably this movie may have some like filmic historical context to it, um, but also just like a fun, a fun haunted house movie. Um, the third one, staying in the sort of black exploitation, uh, scary movie world. Um, and I feel like a lot of the scary movies, I, I do enjoy kind of scary movies from like the 60s and 70s. Uh, and so there's a movie, Sugar Hill. Blood is red. Dew is blue. Sugar is sweet. Revenge is sweeter. I'm passing sentence. Meet Sugar Hill. No, please. Not a place, but a brand new face. My friends call me Sugar. The foxiest. Looking for anything special? Sexiest. Deadliest chicken town. The mob took Sugar's man away. And now, she's gonna make them pay. I want them dead. With a voodoo priestess called Mama Matrace. I know what you can do. The power you possess. How strong is your hate? I like a zombie movie. Um, Pedro Kali. Yeah. And uh, and uh, Beyonce's stepdad is in it. Uh um, I can't uh, Lawson. Uh, I can't remember his his uh, first name right now. Um, but yeah, I just I think I like that movie because I I've always felt like with zombie zombie things, I've I never really got into like The Walking Dead or like World War Z or any of those zombie things. Uh, but I'd listen to this really interesting podcast uh, called Throughline, where they just talked about the origins, the sort of Caribbean origins of zombies and and how different that is than what we think of as like the brain-eating zombie. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, when when zombies, even in movies, were first were based on the Caribbean uh, right. version of raw zombie because that was the actual meaning in movies like I Walk with a Zombie and White Zombie and that stuff. Th- those things are actually based on the, what was re- then considered that's what a zombie is. Right. And as soon as as soon as Night of the Living Dead came out, uh, and, and and they were basically ghouls, not zombies. They were like people who came back from the dead, and mm-hmm. they always called them ghouls. But then all of a sudden it started to be, well, no, they'll call, we'll call them zombies because the Italians made a whole bunch of ripoff movies and they called them all zombie movies. And so now we're basically zombies have become what we now see them in The Walking Dead, you know, just shambling people wandering around and then they don't have any particular origin. But but it is really, you know, I walk with a zombie, they're, they're very specific about the origins of zombies and how they came on slave boats and you know, we had to be forced to work and all that stuff. And it's, uh, it, but most movies sort of shied away from dealing with the actual, you know, um, history. Yeah. And, and to me, I feel like, oh, that's such a, there's something more interesting about that than yeah, simply, I want to eat your story. brains. Yeah. 
Not that there's anything wrong with Not that there's anything wrong with eating brains. That's why I need your brains. Yes. Richard Lawson. I just look at the I didn't realize that. He, this guy, he's in everything. He's one of those great characters. I did not realize he's Beyonce's stepdad. Yeah. Yeah. Richard Lawson, Beyonce's stepdad. And then his daughter is an actress as well. And uh, she was she was uh, in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Well, genre cred that's yeah right. that's right yeah well those are cool because yeah when i wrote Wyatt, he's like i don't think i'm the guy i mean like can you name these three movies like are those i'm like you've got like no, he's a renaissance man like it's a haunted house and a zombie outside his purview i think those qualify i think those qualify. i mean um, it's yeah it's I, I i think i i held back from saying the great pumpkin um <laughs> Which is only uh, scary because we've never really gotten to the truth of who is this great pumpkin mm. and who and what parent lets their child sleep in a pumpkin patch overnight <laughs> and not be that bothered by it. That only his sister is the one who will be like, you know what, this is probably not a good thing that this child is <laughs> asleep in a pumpkin patch. I, that one is ripe for a kind of dark, gritty reboot, isn't it? The like horrifying great pumpkin running around and <laughs> eating children or something. Um, yeah. Well, there was a movie called Pumpkinhead. No. That's right. There was Pumpkinhead. Yep. Oh, that's right. Yep. I uh, remember the name. I never, again, in keeping with. In keeping my... with your, your vow of, your yeah, vow of yeah. silence on horror films. <laughs> I know well, them by title, choice. but not. Yes, uh... I, I, although I still, I'm just going to feel bad for days because I, I have. Uh... <laughs> said it many times before my my uh, christmas is my favorite secular holiday and halloween is my favorite religious holiday and i'm just i'm <laughs> deeply deeply saddened by the giant gaping hole in your childhood Wyatt. you seem to have come out all right in one piece but yeah he's making up for it yeah yep. and now as an adult i occasionally get to play dress up in things and put on costumes like, so there you go. yeah and besides Deep. he could have chosen blackula you know or, or on, a, on a much lower level, Blackenstein, which is one I think of the oh, movies ever made. Oh, Blackenstein, yeah. yes. Blackenstein <laughs> so bad. So bad. Yeah. No, he I, was, I was sent to watch that movie at a screening because Roger Corman was thinking of distributing it. And uh, so I went to the screening and it was just, actually the guy who was supposed to go decided he would go get drunk and he sent me instead. I was an underling. And, uh, <laughs> and I, I sat through the whole movie. <laughs> when I got, and when it was over, there was no one left in the screening room. It started with a whole bunch of people, and they all walked out. Oh it's my just god! So bad, in oh. a bad way, not in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow, that's got to be such a strange feeling to sit there and yeah, especially if you had something to do with the film. Like if you were the filmmaker. Oh, oh yeah, no, you don't want to see the, you don't want to see that kind of film with the filmmakers if you can possibly avoid. It. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. That's got to be heart-wrenching to just watch person after person and then wait a minute i know that person they're leaving your attention please for this special bulletin being for flesh is loose in the city being for flesh is definitely an adult motion picture that is like no other motion picture ever made if you have a young child or impressionable teenager do not allow them to see this motion picture if you love the weird you will never forget being for flesh see inhuman bloodlust see beautiful girls violated the cold 
naked chill of a dreadful death. See uncensored lifetime scenes from the nightmares of a weirdo. You will never see in a lifetime all that you will see in V for Flesh. Plus, Road Rebels. Here comes trouble. Booze, babes, and bad guys hit the road in Road Rebels. What makes bad kids bad? What makes them do the things they do? See Road Rebels. It makes Thunder Road look like a Sunday school picnic. V for Flesh and Road Rebels. Next up, it's a movies that made me first. Stephen Chbosky is the filmmaker behind such movies as uh, the new Dear Evan Hansen and Perks of a Wallflower and many others. He's our very first guest to do the show from his car. Folks, don't try this at home. The man's a professional. Yes, I'm driving my daughter to uh, a sleepover um, uh, with her best uh, friend, Noah. Uh, and yeah, so it, it's perfect to talk about horror. She's also an she's she's it's just the way it worked out. It was like, can you can you can you drop uh, Macy off for a sleepover? I'm like, sure. I I, I had a, a podcast scheduled for that time, but I asked you. I said, look, should we reschedule? And you said, you know what? Sounds sounds like it could spice things up. So I'm down. No, so, we uh, always like to, we always like to get a little action into our show. That's right. Exactly. You are yeah. on the road. Yeah, I, I'm. You know, I'm I'm on the. Uh, the cross county parkway and that is action i'll tell you that right now so this is perfect for me oh my god it's horrible and morbid to say and i apologize already but hey it's a halloween episode has anybody ever exactly. actually, has anybody died on a podcast yet uh well i don't know i mean the word yet is a little scary um <laughs> well, it's bound to happen <laughs> yeah I, I would imagine if it's just the law of probability it's yeah. you know eventually it's going to happen by the way though i i heard you say earlier before you started recording that i was risking my family's life to do this the truth <laughs> is with friday traffic i'm just kind of sitting here it's, That's it's right. not yeah <laughs> it's not nearly as as like you know i'm not i'm not like uh you know the 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 you know uh, uh, statham here you know what I'm saying yes. it's, it's just i'm just kind of sitting here in traffic going and looking at a looking at a uh a, a license plate that says grateful and it's misspelled so you know that's kind of what that's kind of what what it is well wait did they spell it with an eight well you no, it's it's great and then fl but 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 uh, it's not it's there's no u and it's new hampshire well, there's you know there's a there's a limit to how many letters <laughs> and you know somebody <laughs> else has the good spelling you know so <laughs> it's true and, and and this this person loves uh, their dogs uh i can tell you that as well so anyway so steven you are uh uh it's it's halloween is upon us yes you oh. like horror movies I we're looking them. for recommendations man give us give us some oh wait and before before i know this is the daughter you this is your daughter who's seen gremlins correct oh she sure did see gremlins one and two yeah and poltergeist yes she she loves 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 gremlins so do i and and my daughter macy is uh she is a horror buff. Like basically every, we do, we do this thing sleepover where basically I show her horror movies um, Fridays and Saturday nights and she loves them. And she keeps bothering me about seeing the shining and Halloween and all these other things um, because she wants, she's like pushing the envelope. She's nine. I right. uh, keep in mind. And in a year so, or two. Uh, yeah. In a year or two. Yeah, and uh, so I've been looking for amazing movies that she would love and and gremlins uh gremlins were it was a huge huge hit in the house we loved it yeah kids kids love gremlins. lucky for me yeah 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 honey that's the guy that made gremlins yeah 
it's all right. <laughs> she's not. She, she's uh, a little on the shy side right now. Um, shy dad. I know Gizmo personally. There you go. That's it. She says she's not I shy. Oh, you can hear all of it. Of course, okay. she's not. She's being misrepresented <laughs> by Daddy. I'm sorry. I, I goofed again. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, no, it, she she loves the movies. You know, I I had seen them. Of course, I own them. I own them on a DVD, and then just I got them again on you know the I bought them on the streamers, um, on on iTunes, and just seeing it again, it's just such a great great film. And I you you don't remember this, Joe? I guarantee you, but. Uh, we met at the the directors guild. They have that, you know, that feature directors night, mm-hmm. and uh, and I we met there. And I just thanked you for for your amazing work. And, uh, I, and can't, you very, I can't very, imagine I didn't try to recruit you for trailers from hell. Yeah, well, no, <laughs> I, I, I usually well, do when I go there. Yeah. Oh, really? Well, yeah. It was it was. I just made my first studio feature. I just made the Perks of Being a Wallflower. So I was I was the new kid on the block, and uh, it was such a thrill for me to meet you back then you know I, I i fanboyed out and you were very very nice to me and and so i was i was really looking forward to talking to you uh today about horror of all kinds uh, i i got some cool stuff i i you know i racked the brain and i i decided to bring you to i i could talk about a lot of other things in like kind of a quick way but i was like i wanted to bring you two things that i consider to be quite special one that is incredibly highbrow and one that it's that is incredibly lowbrow but both, Fantastic. I think, are amazing, you know, amazing movies. Um, uh, I would imagine, have you guys ever seen the movie? Do you want to start high or low? Well, we're a pretty lowbrow podcast. I'd say start low. Yeah, start low. Okay. So, so look, uh, you know, I, I would imagine, you know, you guys have both seen, hopefully, Sleepaway Camp. Dear Mom and Dad, I've been at a Sleepaway Camp for almost three weeks. And I'm getting very scared. Welcome to Sleepaway Camp. Someone is watching you. Hey, Baba, revolve. Someone is waiting for you. Someone wants to scare you to death. You can't live without seeing Sleepaway Camp. Sleepaway Camp. What is your life without Sleepaway Camp? Sleepaway Camp. Wow. Wow. Oh, wow. I, yeah. We, we, yeah and that's I the that. He didn't mean that. <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, seriously. If you met this guy, Joe, it probably is. This is terrifying. Now, the um, I so, I did not expect to ever hear somebody bring up Sleepaway Camp on the show. I have to say that's really, crazy. yeah, no, well, no. So what? Um, here, okay. So here's the thing. So now I'm I'm older. I remember seeing it. If you can imagine this, like, because I love. I was I was all in with the slasher. You know, uh, Halloween. Uh, one of my favorites of all time, of course. I love that. It, yeah, it's, I, I know, honey. Well, Halloween, Halloween is one of my favorites, so is The Shining. Absolutely. Anyway, so uh, so I, I, we, I was always on the lookout for the new thing, and I would go to the video store. And, right. And this one is like, oh, wow, there's a knife and a shoe, and there's blood. So I'm like, I'm in. And so we rented <laughs> it. And I, and I remember not knowing anything. Plus, I love the movie Meatballs. Uh, yeah, I love the movie Meatballs. So <laughs> – 
So, so you know, camp camp movies were a blast. Right. Um, uh, and so I was like, all right, let, let's give this a whirl. And I watched it with my parents, which is anybody that knows Sleepaway Camp. I, I, have you guys seen it? I'm I'm hoping. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's it's, it's been a while. It's yeah, it's not one I've gone back to. It's not permanently ingrained in our mind. Yeah, we did see it. <laughs> I can okay. only imagine what uh, what your parents saw and thought and how yes. uncomfortable. Wait, how old are you at this point? You just started watching oh, you and not the I, I don't know. I'm probably 14, 13, oh, something like that. God, this is oh, going to yeah. be awkward, isn't it? It was, it was a rough, rough hour <laughs> uh, and a half in the Shabosky basement in Pittsburgh. It was like, you know, that was where the family room was, you know, and, you know, obviously it's the pan and scan days, and I'm watching it on VHS you know, rented, of course, and and I just, but the thing about it was, so I saw it then, and back then I was just like, we just did not think it was a terribly good movie. Um, then I saw it maybe five, ten years later on DVD, and I was like, eh. and then I saw it recently, maybe a few years back, and, and I just loved it, because my rule now of, of movies, it's not good or bad, it's not, it's, it's like, is it memorable or is it not? Like, if I see it, you know, do I want to see it again if it comes around again? And I, and I, I very proudly put Sleepaway Camp on that list because I think that movie is fantastic. You know, it is so, um, it just so it's like somehow they, they, you know, they put Friday the Thirteenth and Meatballs together, you know, um, with these incredible New York accents, and and I still can see that kid. Uh, the character's name is Ricky, going, you know, Angela. And I, I, I almost thought did, did the people that did Who's the Boss, did they love, did they love uh, <laughs> Sleepaway Camp? And did they want to, uh, did that somehow, um, uh, you know, inspire the, the Tony Danza thing? I don't know. But uh, yeah, I, I just love that movie so much. So that, now, have you, have you um, uh, perused any of the sequels? I have uh, only the one, there was like one 20 years later where uh you know well i i don't want to give anything away but like basically i oh, i forget what it was called like i i literally i cannot remember it oh i'll, I'll um, tell you because I, I my my dear yeah. friend rodney wittenberg who um uh, wrote the score for my little horror film infested uh did the score oh, for okay. return to sleepaway camp in that's 2008. it yes i absolutely and the thing was he'll what, be so what, thrilled that's amazing yes and i enjoyed the movie very much because um, as it turned out, my wife uh, used to wait tables uh, with with the girl um, who played Angela, I think. You know, and she said they were just talking one day. You know, she, I think she just moved uh, to L.A., something like that. And she was talking to Liz and like, you know, oh, what did you do? Blah, blah, blah. I'm a writer. Oh, what, what about you? I'm an actor. You know, I, I was in this kind of movie, this thing, Sleepaway Camp. And when when my wife told me. Like, oh, yeah, the, this girl I know, she's in this movie. Do you, you know, my wife doesn't like horror at all. She's like, I don't know, have you ever heard of this thing called Sleepaway Camp? I, like, lost my mind. I'm like, you know Angela? I mean, she's instant celebrity in the house. Instant. <laughs> uh, and I also have to ask, have you shown your daughter Sleepaway Camp yet? Or is that one of them? Absolutely not on any <laughs> I will show it to you someday. I promise you. I'll don't start worry. you. I'll start you classic with Halloween. You know, just give me a year or two, please. I beg you. Your mother will kill me. Well, that's that's awesome. That has not come up before. So now I got to ask, what is the uh, the lowbrow offering? No, that that was the lowbrow. Yeah, that was the that Joe. Was... You're stepping on my jokes. 
Well, okay. The highbrow is <laughs> the highbrow is um, here. You know, I'll I'll give you some factoids. See if you can guess it. Um, so one of the screenwriters was nominated for a Pulitzer Prize for nonfiction. Oh. Uh, oh, oh no. if you get this, I it'll blow my mind. Can you guess the writer? No, no. I suddenly had, I was I was flashing something else. So it's not Rita Mae Brown. So. Okay. Um, basically, uh, the screenplay was uh, uh, co-written by Truman Capote, um, uh, and the movie is an English film called The Innocents. There has never been a ghost story created especially for the adult moviegoer until The Innocents. <laughs> heard of it it's only one of my favorite movies for real yes absolutely i mean it's I, I think it's better than the haunting uh so do i um in, in at least in terms of uh you know I, I i have a slight soft spot for the haunting because oh, i Nelson like the haunting too but but i think there's just something that's a little more intellectually bone shelling about the innocence no for sure well i i guess for me nelson Gidding, who who wrote the screenplay uh, for the haunting he uh uh, Nelson was a professor of mine at USC. Oh. I have a real soft spot for the haunting. And, um, you know, he used to bring, uh, he and this other professor I had Max Lamb, uh, Robert Wise used to come in. I, I've seen more Q and A's with Robert Wise about every movie he ever made. Practically. I, I saw the sand pebbles or sand pebbles on the big screen and he gave a Q and A because, uh, anyway, it, just a real soft spot. So I, and I see those two movies kind of like you do, Joe, kind of hand in hand. But yeah. the innocent, have you seen it, Josh? Oh, sure. Yeah. Good going. Yeah. 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 Uh, so I don't know. Does this not count as an obscure thing? Uh, well, no, it's it's not obscure because it's you know it, it's 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 well thought of and everything. But I don't. I think a lot of people haven't seen it. Yeah. No, yeah. It's, it's a it's a black and white scope movie from 1961. You know, with no stars except for Deborah Kerr, who was Peter Wingard, yeah. Joe, the great Peter gets Wingard. His performance. Peter Wingard is not a star. He's in my heart, he is. He's one of my he's one of my favorite all time stars. A big part. <laughs> yeah. I, I have his album. Do you have his album? <laughs> well, you wow, that's it. You you completely win this bigger one, part in Burn Witch Burn than he does. Yes, he does. Yes. Yes. Well, yeah, to me, to me, I saw that movie again. I saw it on the big screen, believe it or not, um, at film school. I knew nothing about it. It was just thrown up there. I actually think in conjunction with The Haunting, if, if, if memory is serving. And and just the the yeah, I mean, the look of the film, of course, the, the sound is to, to this day some of the most remarkable that that's the one that taught me that that a great horror movie needs great sound. And it's mm -hmm. the first one I can think uh, above and beyond, above and beyond score, just pure sound design. Um, mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I don't know how they approached it, but it was remarkable. And I also, I also loved about the film that, you know, uh, that I, I don't know, I, I guess it's like when you think about movies, when you think about movies that, uh, you know, like The Shining, there's The Shining book. It's like, it's very obvious that all the ghosts and all the, the spirit is, is, is real. Uh, mm -hmm. in the Stephen King text and then the Kubrick movie it's like you don't know for a long time um, is is right. it real is is he crazy what I love about the innocence is it's kind of like the latter where you don't know if there are really ghosts in, in that English English uh, countryside house or if she's losing her mind 
And and I can't think of of a lot of movies that did that before that that predate it. But but I I always it always stuck with me. And and the way that the film looked and the, the way the acting was fantastic. I don't know. It also makes me think of the others. Another great mm-hmm. film. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which was just which was just invoked by uh, uh, another uh, one of our guests. Um, oh, there you and, go. And and, I, and and of course I I thought of the of the innocence at the same time. Uh, but the thing about the character that she plays in the innocence is that she's completely repressed, and she's obviously yes. in, 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 thinks she's in love with the the guy who owns the place, Michael Redgrave, who is you know hired her to be the the governess. And, That's right. Uh, and so she's she's fantasizing about all this sexual stuff that's going on between these supposedly dead uh, servants who we don't know are they dead are they real are they you know and then and then they start to inhabit the children and the children start to behave like adults in a very disconcerting and incredibly creepy way Uh, and but and all of that could be ascribed to the fact that she's insane except for the tear that she finds on the desk when the, uh, the, the, the lady ghost is crying in the library. And, yes. then she, and then she looks and she's not there anymore, but, but she reaches down and there's a tear on the desk. So it's, it's sort of like, well, it, it, it's, it's just, it's just a, a great intellectual exercise. Yeah, I, I agree. And it's one of those things where it's interesting, again, going back to the thing I was talking about Sleepaway Camp, uh, which is, is a film I love that I love putting these two together it's probably the first it, time they've been uh, compared I think yes I, I don't think there's ever been a double feature I guarantee it because the thing is is that in both cases I've seen both movies maybe three times you know um, uh, total each and completely memorable and and not only memorable you know because The Innocence was memorable when I saw it then and then seeing it again on video and just thinking that how well it holds up and and how much you know that it influenced so many other films you know um you know whether it's like not exactly the unre- unreliable narrator but some of the techniques i just i don't know i i it's one of those films where you see it once and it just stays with you and and i'm i i'm very uh pleased to hear that's one of your favorites is it is it something you go back to again and again joe well i try not to see my favorites too often because then they get to get kind of a little stale. I mean, I, I like to wait and, and find them. You know, except where you're, you're clicking through the TV and then, you know, to mention a, a Robert Wise picture, The Body Snatcher comes mm-hmm. on. And it's probably Boris Karloff's greatest performance outside of Frankenstein. And it's, and it's mm-hmm. an incredibly literate and well-written movie. And it's just so fun to watch. I just find myself watching it, you know, even though I, of course. I just see this like a month ago. You know, but with the innocence, it's a little it's it's a little more rarefied. I try to I try to hold down my if, unless I'm trying to show it to somebody for the first time, right. which is another sometimes fool's errand that I <laughs> that I put my friends through. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, uh, well, yeah. That is definitely the most something double feature. <laughs> it is the weird about. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 well, definitely that's the thing. You know, and trust me, I wasn't trying to, I was just trying to think of movies for you that, that I was like, what movies have I seen that, that I don't think everybody has seen? You know what I mean? It's like, yep. yeah, of course, That's like, we, you know, anyway, I, I, I hope it helps, uh, you know, Josh, the other, you know, I love talking when, when we talked to whatever it was a few weeks ago, a month ago, 
it was so fun. And when, and when you asked me to come back and, and I just, you know, I dug, I got, I dug deep into the vault for you boys, uh, because I want to recommend something really cool. Well, yes, no, you've done it. You've done good, sir. And um, yeah, we will do a, a regular episode down the line. With, uh, with keep your eyes on the road. Keep your eyes on the road. And also, I mean, Joe, you really should. Um, you should. You should. Uh, he's in New York, but um, you should get Stephen to come in and do some commentaries for. I'd love to. For trailers, I, yes. I, I would. I would do it in a heartbeat, my friend. The the pay is amazing. You can the pretty pay. much quit your day job. You get, you get uh, a couple of bucks if it ends up on somebody's DVD. You know. It's oh, true. I've, I've, I've made $43. The love of the film, you know. $43. Wow, that's fantastic. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. Uh, yeah, Stephen, yeah. thank you very Thanks, much. Steven. And thank your daughter for us. And please, when she has seen Sleepaway Camp, maybe we should have her come back on the show. <laughs> without, I would without you. Along with All someone right. for the Child's, Child Welfare Board. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Somewhere the sun shines, somewhere the birds sing the glories of a new dawn, somewhere sanity reigns. But here, here the norm is madness. <coughs> Asylum of the Insane, filmed in horoscope. <coughs> See the thrilling scenes in 3D, real three-dimensional tear that jumps off the screen and into your lap. <coughs> Rated GP, you must see it from the beginning. No one will be admitted during the last 14 minutes. Asylum of the Insane. Asylum of the Insane. Asylum of the Insane. <laughs> Produced in Hollywood by Maniacs. <laughs> Once you know its secret. Nothing can protect you from Suspiria. She must die. There's a murderer. Suspiria, the most terrifying film you've ever heard. Rated R, under 17, not admitted without parents. Hey, Joe. Hey. So... I follow this guy on Twitter. He's he's huge. He's a huge podcaster and an actor and all kinds of things. I, I don't want to name him because I don't I don't want to uh, uh, make it seem like he's making an endorsement. He's not. But he just tweeted out today how excited he was that the Michael Mann movie Thief was on the Criterion channel. It's been impossible to find for years. And I'm sitting here and I'm looking at my, I think, three DVDs and two Blu-rays of it. And I'm realizing yeah, this has come to your house. This is a gentleman who does not believe in physical media. We believe in physical media, which is why we're so thrilled that we have a sponsor. We do. And it's, 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 it's a perfect sponsor for us, you know, knowing how we believe and how we don't believe in streaming. You know, think streaming is great, but you streaming can't on it. Yes. But we, we are uh, happy to be sponsored by Movies Unlimited, who all this month, I don't think I've told you, the entire month of October, it's a haunted Halloween with scary good deals on everything horror. So um, go to Movies Unlimited. They've got, uh, if, if, if any of the movies we're talking about this week are on video, they've got, they got it. Them. <laughs> and uh, if you order more than 50 bucks, what is it? Free shipping? Free shipping. Joe's just looking at me. No doubt. <laughs> I expect that. I want to tell you about two of the most shocking, terrifying films I have ever seen. Blood Rose. <laughs> Terror in the Face of a Woman. Mutilated, seeking beautiful young women, torturing Blood Rose. 
The Body Stealers, alien invaders from another world. Because of the nudity and scenes of violent horror, Blood Rose and the Body Stealers are rated R. Children under 17 not admitted without a parent or guardian. And now it's time for Joe and I to hop on our broomsticks and fly across the pond to visit our friend Tuppence Middleton from Sense8 and the Downton Abbey movies and Possessor and Mank and so many others. Please forgive me. We completely lied about well, we're not actually doing a Halloween episode. I just, I, I can't, I have to know if Lucy and Tom are going to be okay. <laughs> they're going to, they're going to be okay. Okay. Don't you worry. There's, okay, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a future for them. Don't you worry. <laughs> thank, thank God. That really, that's all that matters. Um, yes, uh, of course. That's all anyone cares about. It's, uh, it's, it's insane how much, I was saying to somebody the other day, it's, it's like with that in the crown, uh, yes. uh, 9.59 p.m., I'm sitting there and I'm going, we need a revolution and all these people's heads need to be on spikes. At 10 p.m., I'm going, oh, God, I hope they're okay. I hope they're okay. Yeah, and then I know. At 11 o'clock, I'm like, we need to burn them all down. Uh, honestly, it's like they, they they put something inside the television, which kind of uh, through osmosis goes into our brains. And it's, it's amazing. It's some kind of magic that I do it's not amazing. understand. Why do, I care? Why do I care? I know. <laughs> well, well, Tuppence, thank you so much for coming back. Um, I... Uh, uh, um, you guys have Halloween in England. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, but we're, do, we're doing this thing. Yes. <laughs> we're just doing a thing. And it's actually, it's partially for me. It was an excuse because I was starting to try to put together a list for my annual Halloween marathon. And I always look to people for suggestions. And then I thought, oh, let's do some big sort of pile up episodes where we get a bunch of our favorite guests back on and have them give our listeners recommendations because people are always looking for good stuff. And yeah. I know you have a particular sensibility, which uh, we really enjoyed every time we spoke <laughs> to you. And you have dabbled in the horror genre yourself. As, uh, as yes. I, and yes. I thought you would probably have a couple of interesting recommendations for folks. Yes, it, it's actually funny because I was when I was thinking of some things, um, particularly things maybe uh, not everyone would have seen or wouldn't be the immediate go to. Um, the, the first couple of things that came up were actually films that we talked about before. And I thought, oh, so I'm going to have to think, you know, a little outside the box here um, and, and go back to some others that I hadn't seen for a while or that I thought, huh, maybe that's an interesting choice. Um, and I also wanted to give a kind of a nice spread. Um, uh, do you want me to jump in? Sure. Yeah. Sure, leave it, leave it, yeah. Yes. Um, I mean, the, the first I kind of uh, wanted to choose what I think is probably quite... Um, an iconic classic for horror fans, but maybe not necessarily for people who aren't so into horror, which is um, A Tale of Two Sisters, um, directed by Kim Ji-Woon. Um, it was made, well released in 2003, and it's, it's sort of an iconic uh, South Korean yeah. horror film, um, which, uh, you know, uh, you guys will know this, but um, was eventually uh, remade in America, um, not to, I, I think... Uh, maybe maybe people did, didn't did see it or yeah okay so then maybe it wasn't a very successful remake um and also you know once you've seen the film i, I think it's very clear that it shouldn't be remade well that's, um, that's true of so many of those south korean movies i mean they just uh, are, they work so much better in their, in their native yeah. land yeah and and it's it's, it's not even you know it's the language is just everything about the 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 atmosphere and the tone they're, they're kind of masters of horror so i thought i'd yeah. start with 
Uh, South Korean horror. Um, so uh, as a, a little kind of mini synopsis, um, as so many of them are, it starts with a teenage girl who has been uh, released from an institution after having um, suffered a period of kind of shock and psychosis. And she returns home uh, with her sister to um, kind of resume life living in the family house with um, her sister, her father and the stepmother. And um, as is uh, probably expected of a film like this, the stepmother is not someone that the, the two sisters get on with. Um, they're very, very close. And uh, just after she returns, then strange things start to happen in the house and um, the relationship between the girls and the stepmother becomes even more strained and they start to um, recognize that there are, are spirits living in the house and that the, their kind of dark past is coming back to, to haunt them. And it's, it's the reason I chose it is because as well as being just a brilliant horror because it's so terrifying and there are so many of those moments which I still think of when I'm in bed by myself. I, am, I have a very childish um, over the top imagination and I still am, uh, as much as I love horror, I'm still so, so scared by it. Um, it has some really kind of iconic um, moments in the film. It's also just one of the most beautiful films I, I, I've seen, I think. Um, and, and it being a horror, you know, it, it kind of elevates it to a sort of art house film. If you paused it at any point, uh, during the movie, then you could kind of frame any one of those images. It's 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 so beautiful. Um, it's kind of all set in my dream house. It's like these dark, intricate wallpapers. Um, every time the color red appears on screen, it kind of jumps out at you, and um, with you know without feeling contrived. And it, it's just, I, I think it's it's what you would expect of a, a kind of Korean horror, but it's kind of ten times more beautiful and. It's got one of the best twists I think I've ever seen in uh, a horror movie. It's one that I really never saw coming. And even, you know, once that thing has happened, then the plot keeps you guessing right up until the very end. It's, it's um, really unexpected and strange, of course. And it's, I, I think it's actually based on an old Korean folk tale, which is- There are a lot of old <laughs> Korean folk, so. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, and a lot of scary old stories, apparently. Um, but it's, it was also I read when I was kind of, um, you know, looking, looking up the kind of reception of it, how people, you know, because obviously, knowing that there was an American remake, I was intrigued by why this film and apparently it was the first Korean horror to be screened in American cinemas. Um, now, of course, I think, you know, with the success of um, things like Parasite and that's go that, you know, right. that, that world has opened up a, a, a lot more to a sort of commercial market. But that was the first one, I think, of its kind that oh, um, may be introduced, you know, the everyday. Oh, um, yeah. Now I'm looking it up. The Uninvited. Right. Right. Yes. Right. Oh, yes. OK. So it wasn't called uh, Tale of Two Sisters. Right. Yeah. I don't think I saw I didn't. I mean, I did. I haven't seen that film and I, I kind of um, I, purposely either. didn't. Yeah. <laughs> it could be great. Oh, yeah. We don't know. David it Strathern's could, it, in it. How could it be bad? It totally could be great. Um, but I, I sort of feel like it won't quite have that thing which makes me uh, watched through the kind of latticed fingers with a barricade of pillows, <laughs> you know, uh, when uh, when there's someone else in the house for at least a week after, because that film absolutely does. And it's um it's got some 
yeah so some some really kind of um unique moments in it that i think i i haven't seen in any other horror and that's always hard to do because so many of those um kind of tropes and mm-hmm. and um, images are reused so right. um yeah Fantastic. Yeah, no, that's what we're looking for. If it um, yes keeps mm. you keeps you shivering at night weeks after you've seen it. Uh. Ugh, yeah, well, this one absolutely will. Um, and uh, would you like me to move on to my next? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, well, the next one um, was one uh, that someone had told me about years ago, and I hadn't even heard of it. Which it, it's an Australian film called Lake Mungo. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, oh, you know that. Okay, so maybe. I, no, I'll yeah, but that, that's hardly. Um, that does not mean it's world. You know. No, it it's doesn't. World renowned. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You guys are nerds. You've yes. seen it. Yeah. Um, and it's. Um, she called us nerds. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, you I, said I, it first. I, I love the word. I gave her the word. Yes. <laughs> God, come on. We're all nerds here. Um, are you allowed to walk off your own podcast in, in anger? Yeah, know. exactly. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll just I'll just do a, a soliloquy. Um, so Lake Mungo, um, Australian film, directed by Joel Anderson, um, and it's a kind of mockumentary style horror, um, which is always, I think, you know, again, it's one of those things that those devices, which is used so often that um, when you find a really good one, uh, I, I always think it's worth noting. Um, yeah. It's 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 quite a slow burn sort of mystery, um, which unravels quite slowly. And and uh, yet again, another teenage girl um, is at the center of the story. She, um, it, the, the whole thing starts uh, when she drowns on a family trip. Um, that they go to a dam and she's swimming in the dam and, and she drowns and um, the, the family try to kind of move on and, and get on with their life but they they start to believe that something funny is going on in their house um, because the son, uh, this girl Alice's uh, brother, is a very keen photographer. He likes to record things and he starts to um, set up recording devices in the house because he believes that her spirit is still lurking in the home. Um, and he starts to catch strange images and, and, and see her in the back of photographs. And, um, and, and in the course of um, his sort of surveillance, they discover another horror within a horror, I suppose. Um, and they realize that when Alice was alive, something happened with um, a couple who were friends of the family, which uh, sort of started a, a sequence of events which kind of spiraled and um, and and ended her, in her sort of eventual death. But there's there's kind of psychics and all of these things which feel um, so cliche and unbelievable. But th- th- it's it's made in such a way which is so realistic. And honestly, the uh, you know it, it's often um, talking heads. So they're interviewing members of the family and friends of the family about her. Um, about her death and, and the events that led up to that. And these actors are some of the best actors I have ever seen. Like their performances are so, so good, so believable. And sometimes I think when you're doing mockumentary stuff, it can be, it can feel a bit, um, you know, theatrical and a bit yeah, funny. Acted, and, right, right. Yeah. And I think that also, you know, what one of those things with Talking Heads, I mean, the reason it probably often sounds like that is because it, you know, it's, it's so scripted and then they're trying extra hard to make it naturalistic, but 
um, this whole film was pretty much improvised. So they would have the same, they would have the shape of the scenes and then the actors right. would just improvise the scenes, which I, as an actor, always feel, you know, I slightly um, become on edge when I hear that because I think so many actors love the idea of improvising, but actually they they panic and end up just swearing a lot or shouting louder. And so is that a thing that I, I always kind of cringe for actors when there's too much improvisation? Because I just think, oh God, like just, you know, I leave it to someone who knows what they're doing and just say the words. But then I think this isn't one of those cases which is absolutely the exception to that rule because it's, they're so, uh, so, so believable. Um, and it's, well, I think, if, yeah, I think they probably, know, it's, it's, they structure what they're going to say, I assume beforehand, um, as opposed to scripting. Yeah, exactly. So they're working off, so it has a kind of spontaneous feel. But yeah, I can, you can tell sometimes too, and um, I really hate it too. And, uh, <laughs> I, I love actors and there's all kinds of things they can do in improvisation, but you can't improvise a plot together. And you can tell sometimes when they're like, well, we'll find a yeah. story. And it's like, <laughs> it doesn't work like that. <laughs> I know. We'll just yeah, keep the camera rolling, and you just think, yeah. oh my god, what's yeah, we'll get something. We'll get enough. We'll get give something. it to the editor. Yeah, this will yeah, give yeah, us yeah, third yeah. Act. <laughs> yeah, so it's completely unusable. Um, and uh, you know, it's it's one of those films which is it's not, um, you know, it, it's not uh, that feeling that you're constantly in peril. It's sort of this um, psychological sort of slow burn, and it's it's mostly like subtle, and it's imagery and it's sort of delivery but then there is a really fantastic jump scare at some point in the film which I really didn't see coming and frightened the life out of me and I have that image very much kind of burned <laughs> into my memory <laughs> um so yeah I think that's that's really worth a look I it was it was a toss-up between that and um uh, a film called Noroi the Curse which is um, also a found footage um, uh, film, but it just felt uh, like- Where do you see this, these things? This was more, um, God knows. I mean, uh, I don't even know where, when I saw that one. I mean, Lake Mungo, again, that was that was a friend that recommend, uh, recommended it to me. I think that it's, um, it's that thing that once you kind of voice uh, you know, uh, a, a sort of passion or something, then people like see, you know, want to tell to you every you, time yes. they find something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah or, or, or it somehow finds you through osmosis, your computer's listening to you and then suddenly something pops up. But um, but yeah, I liked the idea of, of you know, I didn't, I, I don't know that many sort of, um, which isn't to say that, I'm, that they're absolutely out there, but iconic sort of Australian horrors. And I really liked that element. Mm -hmm. It was um, mm -hmm. fun. I kind of wanted it all around the world. Um, yeah, so that was my second choice. Fantastic. Um, I have a th I have a third little bonus. Yeah, one. yeah. No, let's let's do it. You're interested. Um, well, this is. I mean, th this is maybe expected from me from when I've, I've talked to you guys before, and I felt like, oh, is it a bit obvious and, and boring? <laughs> but it's just because I love him so much. Um, back to Mr. Jonathan Glazer. Mm. Um, and I'm sure many people have seen this, but if they haven't, I just want to make sure they have, because I really love it, um, which is Under the Skin mm. um, from 2013. Um, and actually, weirdly, it always feels more recent to me than 2013, but um, time flies, I suppose, yeah. <laughs> when yeah, you're having fun. Yes, especially when you're in quarantine, we find. Especially, yes, especially with, uh, you know, 
pandemics knocking about. So um, yeah, so uh, that is my third choice. And um, he's a favorite of mine. Uh, I just think he uh, always is doing something very different and kind of experimental. And it feels like people are just throwing money at him not not necessarily lots of money it's not that his things are big budget but that if he says he wants to do something I think people are pretty much like oh run create we'll we'll fund it and we can't wait to see what you make um which is really cool because I feel like the more the more he makes the more um you know risks he takes and and this is um a film that's based on uh, a book which is um the same name and I it's by um, a guy called Michel Farber, which I think I think he's Dutch, um, and I think the book actually is very very different to the film. It's um, Jonathan Glazer really kind of stripped it back and made it much simpler and um, kind of rooted it more in reality. I think um, j just to also say that I'm sure people will think that this isn't strictly horror horror uh which maybe it isn't but i i've been re reliably informed that there is a genre called cosmic horror which is a sort of uh it, it you know it's the world in which lovecraft falls and i think huh. i can just about shoehorn this into that genre because it feels <laughs> it's, like it's, there's a supernatural element i think there's a supernatural <laughs> element and it's creepy as hell too yeah. and it's disturbing as hell and I think that you know some of the that you know again to give a, a sort of a, a brief idea of what it's about although I think you know it's, it's obviously open to interpretation um uh it's it, it's a sort of very human look at um this female character who is in fact an alien and she's disguised herself as a human woman um, played by Scarlett Johansson in a very different role to anything she's ever played before and, and may well play again. Um, and she's very brilliant. She's playing English, um, doing it very well for an American, I must say. And um, and and she is essentially um, observing uh, humanity, learning what it is to be a human. And um, in doing that, she preys upon men who she picks up uh, traveling around the highlands of Scotland in a big white van, which sounds like a completely bonkers um, premise because that it is a lot of that. But then they ha it's interspersed with moments of her having seduced these men who are mostly um, actors, well, or, or, or uh, it's street cast, you know, so it, most of them aren't actors. They're people that they um, found, you know, walking around in Scotland and a lot of them were filmed with hidden cameras and then you know they, they gave their permission later. I knew I knew none of this. Oh yeah so they so she so Scarlett Johansson um had a, she has um black hair in it she has a sort of short yeah. black wig and she's not instantly recognizable and she drove around in a big white van and they rigged the van with um hidden cameras and um there are some men that she takes back to this kind of space which is I don't know what you would call it, this kind of otherworldly uh, dimension. <laughs> yes, yeah. this kind of tar pit reflective. Actually, it's so interesting. When I saw um, Stranger Things after having watched um, Under the Skin, you see how much they borrowed that the upside down from Under the Skin, that, that reflective 
sort of river like well there's a lot of there's a lot of borrowings in that show uh, yes <laughs> of course there, there there are a lot of borrowings in that show yeah. and that was one thing i particularly um noticed that uh, that borrowing um and and she takes these men back to uh this sort of um uh, soundless airless dimension and they kind of stagnate there for a while and and it appears as if she's feeding off their insides after for after a time but in a way that's not sort of um, obvious or usual and um and as as she's doing this she's learning more about humanity and and i think that the actors in those moments are actors and then um anything outside of that was street cast um but it's it's really just um a, a very beautiful sort of watchful film um there's some really harrowing moments notably a scene uh, that takes place by the sea um, uh, with a family there. I won't give any spoilers, but um, yeah, everything about it um, appealed to me. There's some some elements of 2001 with the kind of moments in which the alien is uh, becoming a human and practicing her voice and and piecing kind of the atoms of of what it is to be human together. There's sort of very abstract imagery which is uh, really incredible. But then one of the things I, I love so much, and actually he continued to work with her after, after this film is, is the score. It's a really incredible score by a composer called Mika Levi, who's really smart and um, ambitious and risky and cool. And I, I think it's, um, it's just such a feast for the eyes and ears and, it kind of, for me, has the full package. It's like beautiful cinematography. The, the sound design and the score is is like second to none. And and I think the most important thing, because it's such a, a visceral experience, it's less sort of narrative driven and more about you know you're 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 going on this emotional journey with this woman, with this sort of alien, is that you must 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 see it on a big screen because mm. or as big a screen as you can possibly find because I know that it's not on cinema at the moment but it's um yeah with with, with very good sound <laughs> yeah I some I missed it when it came out in theaters and I have been I've not seen it I've been sitting on a blu-ray forever um and yeah there's something oh, about you haven't it seen always, it I've not no no <gasps> oh, no no so um it's oh. it's very unusual I that I yeah well everything he does it so um yeah very and I think didn't you, he did that dance film right that you uh pointed yes, towards last time the, yes well um which was which yes was, yeah his uh, his COVID movie also or, his, yes his COVID movie um which is not a typical COVID movie but no. um <laughs> yeah it's also one of those things I think that you know if, if someone if someone doesn't make something very often if if it's every 10 years before they release a film and I'm, I'm guessing he must do commercials in between or or he's um the richest man alive but um i think it, it, you're always waiting to see yeah. what he comes up with next and that's always so exciting it's sort of like the daniel day lewis of directors right um, <laughs> uh, well Tubman's fantastic though no, these are these are great you 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 i knew you'd deliver three really interesting <laughs> films so um, uh, oh, good. Um, I'm, I'm so, yeah, I need to do it. I need, to, I've got a large screen. I've got a great sound system. I you just, should, you should run it. I would, yeah, yeah. It's probably it's not, not it's, one. It's, for, not a, it's not a big group. Yeah. Whoop de doo. No. Yes. <laughs> no, and it's, 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 it's a beer to watch under the skin. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And it's maybe not your typical Halloween movie if someone's right. expecting big, yeah. um, terrifying scares. It's just more a kind of, it, it, 
leaves you with a sort of disturbing residue. <laughs> <laughs> a, a disturbing residue. Just like when we talk with you. Oh, no, I have to say, <laughs> yes. Which is, uh, <laughs> oh, beat me thank to it. Thank you. So flattered. <laughs> well, thank we'll put you, out, Penny. I we'll, put out a, <laughs> we'll, put out, we'll put out a collection of all of our Tuppence conversations, and we'll call it Disturbing Residue. Uh, oh, uh, please. I would love that. I'd honestly be honored. <laughs> uh, and let me, I should ask too, are you, do you do anything for Halloween? Is it a, is it a big deal for you, or is it just a... I, I love everything about the idea of Halloween, but it's so it feels like it's it's fallen out here as as a kind of um, I don't know. People don't do as much. I don't know whether it's because I've become an adult or whether it feels like the tradition is not dying out because it's still you know you still get kids knocking on your door trick or treating and um, but but people don't have big Halloween parties like they used to and that makes me really sad because isn't I'm, it isn't I, it Samhain? Uh, isn't that what yes. it's called? Yeah, exactly. So I think we basically we we started it. And then I think um, I think that it became Halloween as we know it now because of you guys. I think that you made it into this. Well, it's, it used to be the major holiday here. I mean, yeah. more more popular than any of the other holidays. But last year we didn't have it at all. Uh, yeah. And this year they're also talking about maybe not Canceling doing it. Halloween. So, so so for kids, you know, it, it's a tradition. And, and if you don't do it for two years, it's not a tradition. Yeah, Can you imagine being 12 and not going to do Halloween? That's just the saddest thing. I know. I know. I still like the, my main reason for keeping, for, for, you know, hoarding things or keeping clothes, which I know I should have thrown out years ago is, oh, maybe that will be a good costume one day. And I'm never, <laughs> I never go, I never invited to fancy dress parties. It's so sad. <laughs> Well, you can yeah. wear them if you come to our studio. That's right. Yes, come to our studio. You. I'll wear our costumes. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, Tubbets, thank you very much. Um, thank you. Yes. And, and appreciate it. It's always lovely to see you. Oh, Thanks. so lovely to chat. Thanks, guys. Listen to the voice of Simon. Fire, air, water, earth, charge, 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 charge. Fire, air, water, earth. It's the whole witchcraft scene in Simon, King of the Witches. The Black Mass, the Witches' Coven, the spells, the incantations, the curses. For a totally different kind of motion picture magic, you must see Simon, King of the Witches, starring Andrew Prine and Brenda Scott in Metrocolor. Black Mass is the evil mass, and Simon cringes before it. Be sure to see Simon, King of the Witches, in color. From the Fanfare Corporation, rated R. It just wouldn't be a Movies That Made Me Parade episode without checking in with our friend Blair Bercy from the Hollywood Food Coalition. And this time, she's brought with her a very special friend. So here we are again, doing one of these big uh, jam sessions. And we thought it would be fun to bring back uh, our friend Blair Bercy and talk to you good folks about the Hollywood Food Coalition. You can listen to our show and you can do a good deed. Um, and if you remember Blair from our pandemic parade, uh, she is great. At some point, I'm going to ask her what her favorite scary movie is. And I know what the answer is going to be because it's always the same. Um, but but and, and Blair's brought a friend with her. Hi, Blair. I have. Hi. Yes. Um, so there is a longtime volunteer. Um, she is not only one of the integral forces in our kitchen to make sure that all the food goes out and that we have delicious vegan options for anybody that wants that. She also 
make sure that every pet, specifically puppies, that come um, from anybody who is unhoused or food insecure also have the ability to eat because what we saw early on was um, a lot of people that you know, if you have a pet, you know, you feed your animal before you feed yourselves a lot of the time. So we saw a lot of people taking the food that was for them and giving the meat or the rice or something to their pet because they were also hungry. So this woman, a one man, a one woman band, uh, put together, you know, dog plates and cat meals and got donations for food and brings in, she brought in food herself. Um, and I love her. And I think you might know. I'm going to say she is actually, yeah. I think it's safe to say, I'm, it's probably undiplomatic, but I'm going to say this is the my favorite guest that we've ever had on a show. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and who is that? That's that's your cue to go, why is she your favorite guest, Joe? Oh, why is your favorite guest? We, we don't rehearse these things. It's all awesome. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, because unlike anyone else we've ever had on the show, including you, Joe, um, I've married this one. Uh, so this is this is Nancy Himmel from Hollywood Food Coalition, who hates being on camera and audio. Yes, I do, but I am happy to be here for the Hollywood Food Coalition. Awesomeness. And and how's it going uh, this time of year with you guys? It's busy. Um, it feels like the a lot of the services, and I know I said this before, a lot of the services that were available previous years are not there. And now we're hitting a point where because... COVID is less of Wild West choose your own adventure and more of kind of government state mandate with the rules and guidelines. It feels like, and I'm going to predict that for the holiday season, there are going to be even less opportunities for people to get food. So hot meals on Christmas and Thanksgiving seem to be going away or few and far between. So I know that that we're focusing on that to make sure, because that's something that, you know, even though our kitchen is not open on Christmas, we do support other um, programs so that our clients can get a meal. We make sure they can get there. We make sure there's food. Um, one of the beautiful chefs from Gucci, Asturia, I'm not Italian and it's horrible and I butchered that. Um, Mattea, yeah, they got, um, they just got a Michelin star. Um, he makes our Christmas dinner. So he did that last year. So yeah. Um, so that's, it's going well, but yeah, looking toward the colder months, holiday season it's it's getting hard nancy has been bringing coats and warm things josh if you're missing some coats or some warm things are definitely at the food court nancy has been donating every week there's something new and bougie donated <laughs> from your closet um well let me ask because you guys have an incredibly low overhead and pretty much like dollars in our, our dollars out in terms of, of, of yes. food. what um uh can you explain that for a minute and then tell how people can help yes so every dollar donated pretty much goes directly out the door. Um, we don't have, I know there are a lot of food banks in Los Angeles that have a huge warehouse or store when we have an exchange program um, that now serves, I think somewhere between 30 or 50 other organizations, which is kind of like our version of a warehouse. So we're getting a lot more produce in, a lot more pantry items in. And so we're making sure they go out, but once again, they go out immediately. So if you give us $3, $3 feeds somebody in need. And that's essentially a multi-course meal. That's a snack. That's a little, some kind of takeaway, a sweet, something that you can kind of have with you over the weekend or over the night. Um, and then I think it's like seven or $40, I think is all the laundry that they could do for the month. There's every dollar that we get 
goes out the door. And same thing with food. If you work somewhere and you're donating food, if you work in a craft services kind of arena or environment, if you donate to us, we package it up, we repurpose it, and we distribute it. So yeah, we're we're a volunteer-based organization. So we have the luxury of making sure that anything donated goes out the door. There's no red tape. There's no kind of bureaucracy. And, you know, you're not. We will also come get it. See? Um, and then, uh, and how can people um, contribute? You can go to hofoco.org, H-O-F-O-C-O.org forward slash donate, or text the word give to 323-402-5704. That's 323-402-5704. And if you work in a store, restaurant, or some other kind of food environment like craft service and have a large pickup, the hofoco.org site will allow you to let us know so we can come get it. Everything is repurposed. We are into food reclamation and we really want everything to go to people that need it. And shall we discuss the challenge? Oh, yeah. Know about this. So, so here are a couple of things if you listen to the show that you know. <laughs> Nancy's, for those listening at home, Nancy is covering her face. Uh, my wife, Nancy, um, uh, let me tell you, this is, this is a thing you do when you're a mature person and you find someone who's wonderful. You uh, you make allowances for certain things. My my wife, Nancy Himmel, does not uh, enjoy horror films. I respect that. Um, and if you listen to the show, you know that. If you listen to the show, also, Joe, what movie have I mentioned more times than any other film in the history of this podcast? Well, I don't think there's any question. It's Mandy. <laughs> so here's the deal. And, and, and Blair, there's a way for people to indicate that they're donating because of the show, correct? Yes. If you go into the link, you can decide if you want to donate as a tribute or memorial or you know what else i was thinking since the food coalition was founded in 87 you can donate and then make the change amount 87 and then we'll know everybody with 87 Uh, at the end of their amount came from you so if you do that you you, uh, add 87 cents or if you put in the tribute the movies that made me right uh say mandy challenge or movies that made me uh if we raise 2500 dollars start and we're gonna get we have a two-week period starting from today which is uh, the 22nd of October. So if we have raised $2,500 by the 5th of November, Nancy Hamill is going to watch Mandy. (laughs) That's that's quite a sacrifice. Oh, it is. You have no idea. (laughs) And, And Blair will be there to document it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. This will be like, like the reaction that people had from the Red Wedding. <laughs> Jumping up, running out of the room, pillow in the face, screaming. That is my way of watching a horror movie. So we're gonna we're gonna make that happen. <clears throat> and she will love it as much as we do. Um, well that's fantastic. It's wonderful. It's terrifying. Um and then Blair, should I ask I'll, I'll ask you now. Do you have a, a a horror film you want to uh throw out to our listeners? Um okay. So a legit horror film. Um yeah. So Scream would always be my number one for just general audiences. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Next Generation with oh, really? Matthew McConaughey. Wait, and, wait, wait. Yes, the McConaughey. Yes, uh, and the Renee Zellweger one. Laughing. It's the best. It's You get Leatherface dancing. It's just you, a happy Leatherface is where I want to be. Um, uh, <laughs> the Audition also is another one. Oh, dear um, God. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus. You guys said a whole- 
mean, I didn't pick a snuff film. Like, these are just general. I went from Scream. We started at Scream, yeah. which I feel okay. like is yep. just a good yep. popcorn flick, down to the audition. Yeah. Does Old Boy count? I would also say the original Old Boy. Not really a horror film. That's a horror. Okay. All right. There you go. Um, so, but uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Next Generation. If you want to laugh and relive the really? glory days of VHS, where you can just forget when you, you know, you didn't see the trailer and you were like, oh, this is a, a, the line when you went to the shelf and you could grab one and this was the next one. I think it is the best comedy I've ever seen and also a great horror film. Wow. Joe, have you ever actually seen that one? Uh, I think I did. I don't think I ever I'm afraid it sort of disappeared into the morass of things. Isn't Vigo I... in that too? Or is... Yeah. 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 They're all kind of, then Vigo's in that, right? It's, yep. Yeah, it's, it's a good cast. It has a natural know. reaction. I like when there's a good reaction to things like, why are you trying to, like, why are you doing this? Those are good questions for a horror film for me. Um, and once again, a beautiful, shining leather face, dressed for dinner, pearls and jewelry. I love it. I love it. Fantastic. Well, uh, maybe maybe I'll check that out someday. And Nancy, uh, what's your, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> thank you guys. We'll see you next week for our second uh, Halloween marathon. Come into the cave of the bat demons. They are waiting for you. They are longing for your blood. They hope you'll drop in to join them in horror of the blood monsters. And you, a ghastly journey into the weird world of the undead. You will feel your flesh crawl and tingle as creeping creatures slither out of the night to satisfy their unholy cravings. But I warn you, don't come to see horror of the blood monsters alone. Bring a friend. Bring a fiend. Bring your nerves. Horror of the blood monsters in weird color. Rated E.T. There are few words in the English language that inspire more terror, more blood-curdling fear than the five words I'm about to say to you now. Ladies and gentlemen, Dana Gould. It was a million years ago. And uh, you, you uh, very kindly invited me to come on your, your podcast and you're doing a Halloween one. Mm-hmm. And and it was 14 and a half hours long, which I thought yes, was Yes, I remember that. Amazing. Remember that. Like Joe Rogan looks at you and goes, I, I can't compete. <laughs> and um, uh, I feel like I said this on there, but but I it's just, it, it's it's a truth. It's um, Christmas is my favorite secular holiday and Halloween is my favorite religious holiday. That's, I could not. And that's, <laughs> Halloween is the, that, most, is the most popular holiday in the country, or at least it used to be when we had it. When we had it, now now haven't yeah. been having it, but but it is it is my favorite. Um, it is mine as well, and I I like the way you put it quite brilliantly. Although this year I think you. we will have it again. I hope so. They're talking yeah. about. I hope talking about um, telling those kids not to go out to house to house because yeah. nobody's going to open their doors. Uh, Joel I'm, Hodgson said, "Every child has the right to an excellent Halloween." I thought that was really well put. Yeah, so, see, there you go. That's I'd vote for him. Yeah, if that guy he should run on that. Yeah. But um, uh, yeah, I hope it. I hope it. Uh, I hope it goes. Uh, well, I'm 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 doing my Halloween thing this year, which I I, was, I even did it last year, although we did a bridge. I was doing a Halloween marathon. I get a bunch of clowns together, and uh, not literal clowns, my dopey yeah. friends. 
and and we watched they're all like vaccinated an entire day's worth of movies it's it's so much fun and last year because of all that we ended up truncating it we only did two movies because we were sitting outside so we had to, wait uh-huh. for, had to wait for it to get dark and the great thing is down in the hill down the hills below us or the valley i guess it sounded like there was a witch's coven <laughs> coven coven um i've got i've got yeah yes you knew what happened to my brain and but it was all night long they were sort of like cackling and it was it was fantastic but um oh that's amazing um yeah my youngest is 12 so i only have about one or two one or two years of trick-or-treating left oh yeah you gotta make a count yeah Uh, what's what's a girl right yeah she's a girl and it's 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 very fascinating and she was not a reader like uh uh you know could she was grudgingly read grudgingly do her homework and then discovered twilight and read 300 pages in a day (laughs) and has torn through that massive stack of books and is and that was what unlocked it for her oh she kept reading kept reading yeah oh, that's, okay. uh, but, but, it was, no, but it was I'm less ambivalent about that yeah but it was no it was twilight no it was twilight and that was that just got her in got her to realize that you could actually read something that interested you yeah and uh and um she uh that unlocked it and uh and what's she gonna be this year i don't know she's not like halloweeny so it'll be something really you know hobo Last hobo. (laughs) Just look outside. There's a lot of hobos. Yeah, there's a lot of kids are trick or treating all year round under the interpath. Oh God, damn it! Um, uh, This is terrible. This is just terrible. Uh, Well, well, Dana, we we are we are uh, the thesis is um, um, I don't know what's the thesis. We're trying to get people turn us on turn us on to horror movies that we might not know. Right. And and uh, yeah, you've. Uh, I, I knew you would have a few. Even even if I did have to. I mean, Joe, I've got forty seven emails with this guy back and forth going. Come on, can I talk about the Night Stalker movie again? I'm like, no, you talked about it last time. Well, how about if we talk about the, so the TV good. show? No, we did the movie. Well, it is out on Blu-ray now. It's the same fucking movie. It's just on Blu-ray. Now. It's, it's I guess to talk about it again now. I'm surprised you didn't bring up Planet of the Apes because that is, you know, it's not a horror film, but it is technically it's it's beneath this kind of a you could, beneath yeah. this kind. Of, hey. Hey, guess who's sick of Planet of the Apes? <laughs> <laughs> and you know when it, when he when he had to choose a movie to do for he chose a bunch of pictures to do for trailers and all. He didn't choose Planet of the Apes. Oh, he chose no. Escape from Planet of the Apes. Right. Ah, okay. Well, he which, did, as okay. I understand, it was the first Planet of the Apes picture he saw. First one I saw at a at uh, at the drive-in that I later worked at in high school, and that I am proud to say is still going. Oh, really. Wow. That's amazing. Mine yeah. was uh, uh land is worth a lot of that money. Was my first. Mm-hmm. Well, not where I grew up, but <laughs> I, I, know, I should have. I should have. Uh, do you still have the piece of the chunk of concrete, Joe? I'm sure. I'm sure. If you gave me one, he gave Joe one. The, the, um, uh, when 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 I did your podcast, you gave me a piece of concrete that was. Oh yeah, no, you got to come to the from, house to get that. Oh, oh, from, Joe didn't come to the house from no. Ape City. Uh, it's from Ape City. It's a piece yeah. of yeah. I actually it sits next to my Planet of the Apes. I mean, he could have brought set. it with him, but I didn't go to his house. I have. If you really want one, no, I can okay. give you one. <laughs> it looks I just like really a, a chunk of broken concrete. It's amazing. Yeah. And it, it sits next to my Blu-rays, and people go, "Huh?" Yeah, no, it's 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 a that's a valid piece you of knew, memorabilia. It, it surely is. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so Dana, knock us out. Give us some terrifying. We want to we want to okay. like scare us down to our bones. Turn Joe's hair white. You know, just just. Okay, the, 
in terms of you know there are some times when you're you know you a, a lot of horror movies that you watch I know in my case are movies that you've seen a million times that you love and like, Oh, this is, you know, this is like, I love Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. I love, you know, when I was a kid, that movie, it has everything you need. It's right. you know, one. And I, I love about the, the title of that movie is that it doesn't assume they'll fight. Let's just have a meet. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens. And 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 we're not going on a deep dive on that movie, but but one interesting element of that movie is that in terms of the classic hero's journey in that movie, the hero's journey in that movie is he wants to be able to kill himself and can't, which uh, is a pretty dark. <laughs> <laughs> dark motivation for a character in 1942 especially considering um, that these films were not um i don't want to say they were targeted at children but they were they were yeah friendly these were yeah like, absolutely yeah. yeah it was a it's a very bizarre movie but but sometimes you wander upon a movie that you that you weren't expecting and uh and it and it just uh uh blows you out of the water um and and the one that I would uh, cite more than any of them is a is a 2004 Japanese uh, horror film called Infection. Uh, now there are several films called Infection, so you want to get the uh, 2004 uh, Japanese. Well, there movie. are many different kinds of infections. <laughs> there are many different kinds of infections as well. Um, uh, and uh, it's uh, directed, written, and directed by uh, I'm going to uh, massacre his name probably Masayuki Okai. Uh, O-C-H-I-A-I. Apologies to him if I mispronounced his name, which I most certainly did. Um, and it was made by Toho uh, in uh, 2004. Um, it's a standalone horror film that takes place in a very rundown hospital uh, that is uh, about to be closed. It's been sort of uh, shunted aside by the big new hospital in town. And they're uh, they have uh, they're understaffed and they're uh, overpopulated things that we can all relate to. Um, and a patient is brought out. Two things happen. A patient is brought into uh, the emergency room with a mysterious virus. At the same time, uh, a doctor upstairs accidentally kills a patient with the wrong medication and decides to cover it up. And what happens is one by one, like a haunted house movie, everyone in this hospital becomes infected with this mysterious virus that was brought in with the uh, emergency room patient. And basically what happens is they they are they are their blood and organs turn into green goo. Hmm. And when they are uh, when they are killed, the goo goes everywhere in a in a celebration. The goo <laughs> yeah, the goo goes, the goo goes west. <laughs> Um, uh, but, Mr. Chicken, <laughs> the ghost and Mr. Goo, which oh, don't God. don't look up that movie because that actually is the movie. <laughs> Unfortunately, the FBI owns the only copy. Um, <laughs> but uh, but uh, what, what's brilliant about the film is the twist at the end, which I will not uh, spoil. Yes, but um, it uh, it has an absolutely brilliant uh, twist at the end that when I saw it years ago, I went, this is one of my favorite horror movies. Um, it is absolutely uh, it's absolutely brilliant. It now, starts where would we find of, this? Um, I'm I'm sure it's uh, it's streaming and I got the uh, DVD uh, is uh, available. 
Um, it uh, stars a bunch of actors, uh, uh, Kochi Sato and uh, Yoko Maki, these are very big uh, uh, Japanese actors. And uh, it's 98 minutes long and it's, uh, you know, it's a bottle movie. It all takes place in this one rundown horror, uh, uh, horrific uh, hospital. Um, obviously, it has uh, more ramifications to our regular lives now say, this than it did little, in um... 2004. It was actually ahead of its time. Um, but uh, it is one of those uh, great movies that when you get to the end, um, it uh, everything, everything ex, uh, explains itself uh, beautifully. And uh, I, I almost don't want to say much more about it because it's it's. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's like a little watch. It runs perfectly. Um, um, as I actually will say one more thing about it to, to follow. I just, I checked because it's, it's hard to find on DVD, but you know, who's got it, Joe. Don't tell me it's movies unlimited. Our sponsor has it. What a coincidence. We love that. Movies unlimited. And we didn't even get him to talk about this. I know. It's fantastic. <laughs> And uh, and and I have like six copies if you need it because I kept buying them and giving them to people like this movie's great you have to see this movie. <laughs> so here's the thing, folks. Back. If you want if you want back. infection, um, uh, stop by Dana's house, it's knock true. on the door. If he's out, get it at Movies Unlimited. Here's, this is they may be uh, our sponsors, but Dana's our friend. Come on, yeah. I'll happily loan you a copy. I had a I had a, a birthday recently, and and Jonah Ray, who you all know as the yes. uh, host of Mystery Science Theater, gave me as a birthday present um, the uh, the 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 giant uh, deluxe edition of Near Dark uh, on DVD. And I said, "Oh, this is fantastic! Where did you find this?" And he said, "You lent it to me seven years ago." <laughs> he goes, and I just found it. <laughs> said, oh, good. Well, thank you for giving it back. To um by the way somebody uh, will show up at your door you know that that's fine that's fine if they if they show up at my door to see a great movie i'll happily lend it to them um uh so that's it i really don't want to go much into it because it's uh, i don't want to spoil it and it's just it's i don't know that much about it only that uh it it's a it's a it's a it's a beautiful little beautiful little uh very clever horror movie that i'm, I think I'm happy to say interest. Yeah, oh, yeah, and I and I, I'm happy to say it has not been remade into a bad American movie either. Yes. That's another great yes. thing about it. Yes. Yet, yeah, yeah. Sorry, that sounded me uh, emailing my my yeah. agent to get. DreamWorks the hasn't done a version where the hospital frowns and barks at you because it's <laughs> CGI. <laughs> um, oh God! We all remember the great Jan de Bont, The Haunting. Um, yes, not 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 Jan's greatest moment. Um, do we though? And, do we remember it? And we'll be we'll talk about Jan before the end of this episode. And another one of his not great moments, though it was <laughs> not his fault. Okay. Um, but the other movie I wanted to talk about was the the very first movie that oh s- scared me to the point that it broke my brain. Um, I uh-huh. was. That I explains was, it. I was not, I was seven. I should not have been allowed to go to see this movie. <laughs> um, uh, my brother, Kevin, took me uh, and uh, a bunch of the kids from our neighborhood went. And uh, this movie traumatized me for several consecutive nights. Um, uh, it, is, uh, it was made in 1971. It was directed by Dan Curtis. And it is called House of Dark Shadows. 
house of dark shadows. Where death is a way of life. If I didn't see you with my own eyes, I wouldn't believe it. Barnabas Collins, head of a family of blood relations. Now, everyone, probably everyone listening to this podcast, knows about the show Dark Shadows, which was the soap opera that was on in the from the mid sixties to the to the very early seventies, but it really peaked. In the very late 60s, 68, 69. No, this is. I'm I'm kidding. This the the the. I know what you were doing. That if you take the Tim Burton Planet of the Apes and the Tim Burton Dark Shadows, (laughs) that 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 all he has to do now is is have Tim Burton's The Beatles, and he can completely ruin everything great that I loved in the late 60s. That's all he has has to do is for him and uh, Eva Green and Johnny Depp and Glenn Shaddix to get some kazoos and a trombone and call themselves the Beatles. And uh, they can, they can Uh, annihilate that as well. Um, Oh my God. Yeah. uh, But uh, so, yeah, for those of you who, who saw Tim Burton's dark shadows and um, uh, I'm a big fan of Tim Burton's. I don't know what that movie was about. Uh, Having seen it opening weekend, I think it's about canning. I'm not sure exactly. <laughs> there's a there's a giant canning subplot in that movie, um, but uh, um, uh, but no, this was made. Uh, the, the show was, as you guys know, a huge success in uh, 68, 69, 70. It was it was one of the great pillars of tween culture. You know, of 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 you know teenagers. Uh, Barnabas Collins. Uh, as portrayed by Jonathan Frid was the reluctant vampire. He was on the cover of Tiger Beat and 17. He was a, he was a teen heartthrob, which was very unusual for a, uh, a middle-aged Canadian <laughs> stage actor. <laughs> uh, uh, but, but what's, what's very interesting uh, before I get into the, the, to the, why this movie is so great is if you remember in 1992, when Francis Ford Coppola made, Bram Stoker's Dracula and and in that movie um, Dracula was portrayed as a tragic romantic hero who fell in love with uh, uh, Mina Harker uh, John uh, Winona Ryder's character because she was the reincarnation of his long lost love and the selling point of that movie was well this is we're going back to Bram Stoker's Dracula this is a story that has never been seen on film the Bela Lugosi film was the play this is the book only it's not the book yeah that is not Bram Stoker's Dracula that has nothing to do with Bram Stoker's Dracula but what it is is Dark Shadows this is where that story came from Barnabas Collins was a vampire in the 1700s who was locked in his coffin. He is uh, 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 freed from his coffin by um, a guy looking uh, by a grave robber looking for jewelry. Um, and uh, he sees a local girl and uh, infiltrates uh, the descendants of his family that still live in this town, poses as his 
his own great, 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 great grandnephew or whatever, um, and uh, uh, infiltrates this family in this small uh, town in Maine, meets a local girl who he does believe is the reincarnation of his lost wife, uh, wife and becomes obsessed with her. Um, that was not Dracula. That was the plot line of the first you know, two years of, of Dark Shadows. Um, the movie House of Dark Shadows takes that story and collapses it into uh, an hour and a half, an hour, uh, 40 minutes. And, you know, the soap opera was uh, a soap opera. It was on at four o'clock in the afternoon. So it wasn't that gory. <clears throat> Freed of those restrictions. Uh, and, and, then, and so a lot of kids, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 years old, were allowed to go to this movie by their moms thinking that it was exactly what they saw on television. And it's not. The movie's terrifying. The movie is really gory. Uh, a lot of fangs, a lot of blood, a lot really? of stakes, a lot of stakes going into hearts and blood splattering, stakes going through the back of people, mm. blood splattering. It's great. I mean, it is it is fantastic. Not for seven. Um, <laughs> bad for seven years old, but for uh, for an adult, it 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 is. It, it's a great movie. Um, Dan Curtis is uh, uh, does a great job. You know, it's a cheeseburger. It's it's everything you want in a vampire movie. It's there's a lot of fog and there's a lot of rain. I mean, it, it's every trick in the book, but it's every trick in the book done really well. Um, and uh, it's a really effective, really well made and and incredibly scary. Now, obviously, uh, it was a big part of my childhood. And, and just to give you some background, Dark Shadows took place in a little town in New England. I grew up in a little town in New England. I was, you know, a lot of the action took place in the cemetery. Um, I lived on Cemetery Street. Whoa, uh, no. we would, yes, 9 Cemetery Street was my address as a child. We would play in the cemetery because it was closer than the park. Um, my mother still has the newspaper article that was written about us. Hopedale Village Cemetery, place where children play? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Because it was the end of the baby. It was this giant gang of kids in our neighborhood. There's like 12 of us and we would just go play in the cemetery every day. Um, and we would play Dark Shadows. And it was ubiquitous because of my brothers and stuff. Uh, you know, if one of us got up late at night and we're going to the bathroom or something. My mother was like, who do you think you are, Barnabas Collins? Get back in the bed. You shouldn't be walking around in the middle of the night. So it was very present in my, in my, in my home. And, um, and I'm, I'm actually surprised that this movie isn't more uh, popular or known because it's a really uh, great, fun, bloody vampire movie it's like a hammer film it's like an american yeah, i've, I've always known of it i've never i've never seen well, it, it. Was, yeah. it was actually a, a quite a quite a hit um yeah it was a big big hit it was too. a big yeah. hit and that and they they even uh, bought a sequel from dan which, curtis well, yeah called, uh, um, night of dark shadows right which and unfortunately did not have fortunately completely recut uh to make it into more of he did it's a very it's a, a very adult you know, not as not as gruesome story. Yeah, uh, and they didn't like it, and they they chopped it up and tried to make it more juvenile, but it didn't work. And it's it's 
there have been many attempts over the years to try to reconstruct it, but uh, and people have spent a lot of time and money trying to do it, but I, I, some of the material just is, can't be found and that just hasn't happened. Yeah, but the, it's the a original, shame because- But the original Dark, House of Dark Shadows was, you know, it was very popular. And one of the reasons it was um, so well received was because it was such a change from the production values of the TV show, which were very, very, you know, it was a very cheap show and it was shot on tape. So it looked like a soap opera, and uh, and there were also a lot of flubs in that show. I mean, they, they, it was it was live on tape in the days when it was really expensive to edit tape. So they would just if there was a mistake, they'd leave it in. So there are there are episodes of Dark Shadows where it, like the set falls down. Yeah, and and to, and to watch the actors with a plum just go ahead and act like nothing bad has happened. Uh, was one of the appeals of the show. Yeah, there's a very Plan Nine sort of appeal in that yeah. the, the cardboard gravestone. Although they were they well, were I'll, a little. I'll tell an embarrassing story. I guess I guess I was, I was sort of I was, I was younger than you, Joe. It, it didn't uh, that all eluded me until I saw it many years later, and I was appalled. That it, uh, it's like really this got to me that way. But I used to um, uh, my mother taught. And I would get dropped off by the school bus at uh, my friend Victor Wilburn's house. And at the end of the day, and I would hang out with him and his sisters for a couple of hours before my mom came home. And every afternoon they would be watching Dark Shadows. And I remember finally one day just going, I can't take the terror anymore. And I hopped <laughs> off the bus and I ran down the street and I hid in the alley around the corner from my house, which freaked everybody out for hours. I found me. I was like, I can't, I can't. It was so scary. It was uh, there's a like Quentin, the brother of Quentin, right? Isn't he a werewolf yeah, or something? Yeah. And, he had a boy oh, chained up in his they, basement they and everything. he kept forcing him to play yeah. games. It was terrifying. Yeah. And they did, they did the they did they did Dracula. I mean the, the, the they did Dracula. They did Frankenstein. They did Frankenstein. They did Dr. Jekyll Mr. High. They did the taming yeah. of the, the turn they of the screw. They, yeah, they, they really did. They pulled out all the stops out. Yeah. But to their credit, shamelessly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was really and uh and uh yeah, the and yeah, the 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 flubs and the and the the bloopers are kind are, are absolutely part of the charm. And as you said, you know that it was shot in New York City in a, in a small soundstage for the film. They went to uh, Tarrytown, New York, and shot at uh, Lindhurst. I think it's called Lindhurst Castle or Lindhurst Manor. Um, it's a it was a you know giant Gothic house that uh, is still there. Uh, uh, and uh, yeah, there are great production values. It's very much like I would equate it with Horror of Dracula, the Christopher Lee Hammer film. It's 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 fast and and bloody, and the script works, and it's well directed, and uh, it's uh, a the music is great by uh, Bob Cobert, mm-hmm. and uh, you know it's a great early seventies American horror movie. Uh, and I'm, and that I'm was very in. Yeah. That's, yeah. I, 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 somehow I always thought, I, I don't know what I thought. I thought it was sort of a, a, an artifact more than a movie, I think, because of the. No, it's great. And, and a tip of the hat to John Carlin, who is the uh, mm-hmm. is the Renfield of the movie and the show. Uh, right, and uh, he went on to great success uh, on, you know, he was one of these guys that worked all the time. He was on Cagney and Lazy. Yeah. yeah. But he's a he's a he just passed away not too long ago. Um, God rest his soul. But he was a Belgian vampire picture called Daughters of Darkness. Yes. uh, Which is very similar, except except sexier. Yeah. There's a lot more sex. But yeah, but he's great. I mean, he's a really, he's a really uh, solid, you know, the the performances are solid and he's really great in it. And uh, um, 
He was one of the reasons that I wanted to be an actor. I was like, I want to be like Willie Loomis. That's all I want to do. <laughs> I just want to be the sidekick and come in and get out. Um, but uh, but uh, it's great. No, it's 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 great. And um, I, I don't know what what they were thinking with the uh, with the most recent attempt. At <laughs> I do remember. Um, that, wasn't there? Was it the nineties? There was one. I remember. It was pretty decent. They, was no, a, they the show with Ben Cross, was a TV right? revival. Yeah. Yeah, there was a yeah. TV revival with Ben Cross that was actually pretty good. Unfortunately, it. it premiered the same night as the Gulf War. Oh, that was uh, yes. it, it went up against the bombing of Baghdad. And then it was, yeah. uh, you know, it, you just couldn't get a footing. It was blocked, you know, then the Hard next two, time. Yeah. The next two night, the next two weeks, it was canceled, uh, replaced by the news. And they they make a make good, but nobody saw it. They canceled it a couple of years later. They went back to Dan Curtis and said, we made a mistake. We want to do it again. They developed it again. It didn't go. It's been developed, I know, three times that it didn't get back on. Um, once well, for after NBC. the movie, I don't think it's going to come back again. <laughs> no, they they tried it last in 2019. It was it was coming back, uh, and it didn't uh, get past the script. But it was they were going to Riverdale it, and it was going to be you know uh. the the lead character was a young woman that was a vampire, and Barnabas was a minor character, and you know, they they were uh, twilighting it, it. It, they were twilighting it as well. They should twilight. I can I can attest. It's very popular. Um, kids eat it up. I hear. Yeah. And that's what I tried to explain. OK, this is completely coincidental that I have this here and I'll only show it to you guys since this is a visual. It's not a visual medium podcasting, but I went on a long, long speech to my 12 year old that twilight was just dark shadows. And in and, and a good way, I was like trying to relate to her like, no, when I was like, when I was your age, there was a show that I watched. It, you know, <laughs> you are my dad. Stop talking. But then uh, my girlfriend, uh, my girlfriend for my uh, for my birthday made me this T-shirt, which is the <laughs> logo with the characters from Twilight on it to wear around my daughter. The Twilight characters. That's right. Just to confuse my daughter. <laughs> and the copyright off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh so hats off to uh hats off to Kat, my girlfriend. Um but uh but that was uh that's the House of Dark Shadows, highly recommended and available Fantastic. on DVD and Blu-ray and streaming. It's uh, I think yes, it's it it, it's everywhere. Um, the last film, if I if we have time, sure. I wanted to talk briefly about a film. This is not a horror movie, but the story of its making not is, quite is horrific. Yes, and and in a in a if the, if the term apocalypse nausean is <laughs> um, it's a nineteen eighty a nineteen eighty one film. Starring Noel Marshall and Tippi Hedren called Roar. Oh, yeah. Roar. You are not going to kill those cats. You can tell me what you're going to do, and you can tell me what the rest of this committee is going to do. But I'll be damned if you're going to tell me what I'm going to do. That's why you have to help me. He would get killed. I can go on any property to kill animals that I deem are a danger to human life. I'm telling you there'll be no culling of cats, elephants, or any animals ever again. That was very hard to see for a long time, but long now time. it's actually yeah. Happened. And it's now it's 
easy to see, but hard to watch. <laughs> <laughs> um, just for background, um, it, it's basically the birds, but with lions. <laughs> but Tibby Hedren voluntarily put herself into this situation. Uh, she and her real life husband uh, star in the film. It also stars her real life daughter, Tippi Hedren, uh, Tippi Hedren's real life daughter, Melanie Griffith, and her husband's two sons, John and Jerry. And the story, for what it's worth, is uh, a guy lives with a bunch of lions and uh, some poachers come and they save the lions from the poachers. That's the most of the script I can I can tell from from watching it. Um, Tippy and her husband, Noel, uh, were in love with big cats. They rescued many. The film stars about 70 big cats, and none of them are trained. And the count is at least somewhere between 70 and 100 serious injuries occurred during the making of the film, which took five years to complete largely because they couldn't get a crew to come Wednesday after they'd been there on Tuesday. <laughs> um, also, wasn't there a terrible flood that there was a flood that the entire set, they had to rebuild it. And... Yes, there was well, uh, shot not too far from where, I mean, it's, that's the crazy thing. It looks like Africa, but it's there. It's Agora or someplace. Yeah. Uh, it, it's right up the, it's right up the street. But um, I, I have here uh, just, just some of the injuries that and, and and right at the top of the film, uh, Noel Marshall's character, uh, two lions are fighting and and he gets in the middle of them. <laughs> and and you're thinking like, wow, they make this look so realistic. It's amazing. These guys don't get hurt. And then when you leave, you see that he's bleeding profusely. And in the next scene, his hand is wrapped up. <laughs> and, and and as it turns out, a lion bit through his hand. You know, they didn't bite his hand, bit it's this it's the same thing. You know, when you see people in church dancing with snakes, <laughs> and 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 many of them die of snake bite. <laughs> yes. It's the same kind of thing. Um so Noel was bitten uh, uh, through the hand. He suffered eight puncture wounds on his leg. Uh, he was bitten totally around 11 times. Uh, he was hospitalized when a lion injured his face and chest. From so many bites, he developed blood poisoning and gangrene. And he, again, then you expect him, expect, like he was flown to the medical reserve at Botswana. No, he was treated at Sherman Oaks Hospital. <laughs> For lion for, for uh for lion bites multiple um, lion bites uh tippy hedren who uh spent three days having alfred hitchcock throw birds at her uh voluntarily put herself into a position where an elephant named tembo threw her off his threw her off his back and crushed her ankle uh she developed uh phlebitis gangrene and a fractured hand and severe cuts on her legs um and you got, got to get to Melanie now. 
Right. Uh, there's another woman on the uh, there's another person on the film, a trainer named Patricia Barbeau. Uh, the same elephant thought it would be fun if it threw her into a tree and broke her shoulder. Uh, Tippy was also uh, uh, scratched on the arm by a leopard and bitten on the chest by a cougar. I was bitten on a chest by a cougar and then. She lives in Athena. No. Um, Melanie Griffith, who was a teenage girl at the time, uh, and her mother allowed her to be in this movie. She received 50 stitches after being attacked by a lioness. She was, uh, wears a wig for much of the second half of the movie because of the damage that was done to her head. It was feared that she would lose an eye, but she eventually recovered, even though she did require some facial reconstruction just a scandalous hint a kiss of facial reconstruction um also uh john marshall her stepfather uh suffered a bite on the back of his head that required 56 stitches and melanie griffith's stepbrother was bitten in the thigh by a lion and he ended up in the hospital alongside his stepmother, Tippi Hedren. We mentioned the haunting yes, director, yes. Jan de Bont, earlier. Jan de Bont was the cinematographer on this film. He was scalped by a lion. A lion attacked him and basically pulled his scalp off. Uh, it required 220 stitches to fix. And he did resume his uh, he did resume his duties when he was uh, when he was uh, re uh, recovered. Also, the assistant director, a man named Doran Cowper, was bitten in the throat and jaw and a lion tried to pull off one of his ears. Uh, he also received injuries to his scalp, chest, and th it's like Scott of the Antarctic. It's like the Monty Python sketch. Um, and again, you know, treat four and a half hours of surgery at Palmdale uh, General Hospital. Again, you think you're in another country, but no, you're you're just right. Well, it's over amazing. The hill. What what was amazing at the film, and I, I was fortunate that when they, I guess, a new print got struck a while back, and they showed it at CineFamily. So I've seen it with a packed house, which is an amazing experience. Yeah, because it, by the way, I, I, I'll and then I'll when you see the film all of this stuff is immediately apparent it's like it's so not real, yes. you really have to watch this this no it's it's like a snuff film <laughs> well except said, the amazing thing is nobody got killed is i mean it's just astonishing yeah, because all you're doing <laughs> the lions have a great time and yeah. there are i believe one or two and i'm not going to spoil anything but there are two scenes that are so insanely fake you can't believe what you're looking at and those are what the scenes where they shoot lions they're like basically shooting stuffed animal toys they're right, so right, phony right. looking but the human attacks oh my god <laughs> yeah it, it's it's truly i mean and there's one scene i guess this movie was advertised as a comedy there's one scene where the lions are just happily prancing through the house with giant chunks of a zebra carcass <laughs> they're covered in blood they're having a and and then in the middle of it they're trying to do a scene and it's like a funny <laughs> I, I again it's one of those things where you're like i don't know what they thought they were shooting 
or you know what you know i know that you never know when you're on set what you're making <laughs> well, i think they must have thought that this was ultimately going to appeal to the born free audience uh, yeah, and, and, and yeah, these people, true. these people really genuinely love these animals. I mean, that's the one. That's one. Of you the would have to they have so many of them. Yeah, and the, and the, but the idea that the, the hubris that that you can somehow make these things do what you want them to do in a in a in a structure of a story uh, <laughs> is just insane. Yeah, or that they'll or that they're not going to. And again, after the first after the first injury. There was no like, okay, okay, yeah. we got to stop. <laughs> we can't this. do it. Like, More stuffed lions. <laughs> yeah. Or anything like, well, you know, what if they're not in the frame? What if we shoot the lion? There's no one. There. No. They just, well, they certainly won't do it 69 times. No, they did. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't, that's what I don't understand, that the learning curve was, uh, the, I don't know how they got I know a lot of people didn't come back. That was one of the reasons it took so long. Yeah. In addition to the the flood that that you mentioned, Joe, that wiped out the set, the the crews were like, "I'm not coming back." <laughs> the fact that anybody did, and the fact that 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 is the thing. It's like I mean, you know, you're terrified of getting like stuck out in the middle of nowhere with a lion chasing you. But the fact that no, it, I just I can't get over it. No, yeah. but the fact uh, that they actually made this thing happen. I mean, they actually made a movie that you could cut together and has a beginning and a middle and an end, sort of. Yeah. Sort of, uh, and, and it's and it, and for years you, you couldn't see it. I mean, it was there was just I, I don't know if they had never put it together or they couldn't get it distributed or whatever. And now finally, I, I think uh, when you saw that that screening, it had to be what seven years ago, something like that. Yeah, yeah. They, and there's now a they, very tasty. They had finally yeah. gotten everything together, and Noel Marshall, I think, was gone by then. Uh, and then some, and and they it's now out on a, a, a great looking Blu-ray. Um, yeah, and, and I think and there's a documentary coming out about it. I think oh, there's really? a documentary yeah. coming out about the making of it. Um, some of the uh, some of the reviews were uh, this is my favorite review: uh, a cross between a nature special, a home movie, a snuff film, and a key exhibit at a sanity hearing. <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty appropriate pretty accurate yeah it is absolutely one of those movies that you you have to see i remember and talking since it's halloween when i was a little kid uh my mother telling me and uh, my brother about a movie that she and my father watched on tv and and uh late at night she and she was like you guys would love this movie um, a meteor lands from outer space and they're all gathered around it and then this this thing comes up out of the ground but then a snake comes up out of the thing and and she was describing george pal's war of the worlds and my brother and i ended up seeing it on tv like a year later and we were like Oh my God, this is exactly what she described. Like, we just thought she'd been hitting the, what was the wild Irish rose was my mother's drink of choice. We just thought she'd been hitting the, which is basically rot gut. Um, we thought she'd been hitting the wild Irish rose, but no, it was, it was exactly what she described. And, and this movie is, when you see it, nothing, we're not, we're not overselling this. <laughs> you know, this, is, this is exactly what you think. 
um, Roar. So those are my yeah, two horror movies and a horrific movie. Horrific film. So <laughs> I can see Count Floyd getting saddled with Roar on a Saturday afternoon. <laughs> oh, very oh, scary. Lions, <laughs> slashing. The genius, of, the genius of Count Floyd was that he was also the newscaster. Yes. <laughs> Brilliant. Alcoholic newscast. You can, yeah. you, we could do t- several podcasts just about SCTV and how, yeah. the, how the, the, the setup of STV is so brilliant. So yeah. And, uh, and the, all those characters and the, 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 the politics of the station and Edith Prickley. And I mean, it's just, it's just, it was so much better than Saturday Night Live. Oh, it <laughs> was like, a, really it was like, a, yeah, uh, yeah. The, yeah. The layers, <laughs> the layers were, were just, astounding you know and and you know i was i was talking to 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 dave tom no i was talking to gene levy uh and he said the hardest he'd ever laughed in his life was they had done a commercial for five neat guys and they were they were watching it you know in the in the you know cutting the show and that he realized that joe flaherty was playing drunk in the commercial but he didn't tell anybody. But when you watch it, he's like a half step behind everybody and a little, and he goes, he, and he said, like, he goes, like, I work in comedy. I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, it's like, it takes a lot to get me to laugh. I, when I realized what Joe did, I quite literally, speaking of roar, hang on a minute. Knock it off. No, no, no. We can, we can, uh, we can take that out. We, we got, we got a bark filter. Okay, good. We have a lot of it. We have a Hedron-esque level of animals here. <laughs> they're all. They're I, just, all I just remember being a kid watching show. I was so convinced because I, mean, I loved all of them. But to me, it was like Joe Flaherty was the guy who was going to lead this show and rule the world. Yeah. And I, I don't know. He should have been. I mean, they're all great. But he's yeah, but he's I, yeah. I it's him. like yeah. Robert Fripp is a better musician than Paul Stanley, but yes, more well, yeah, exactly. Paul Stanley. <laughs> there you go. Sammy Maudlin rules. Sammy Maudlin rules. I was speaking of things that are that level. Uh, Joe, is Police Squad available anywhere? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a Blu-ray. It's a Blu-ray. Okay, and fine. They've even, Blu-ray. And they've even put back all the stuff that they took out when they released it on DVD because there was a rights issue with a lot of the music. Well, I'm going to order the because I looked for it on streaming. I couldn't find it. I'm going to order the Blu-ray right now. No, no. It's really a funny show. Oh, Look, my God. Oh, my if God. Ever, if yeah. ever there was a show that didn't get a chance, that was it. And, in the, and it's and, much funnier than the movies. I much, much. Oh, I agree. I agree. And yeah. in the because it was not a movie, it was a TV show. And it was a parody you know, of everything about it. It was a parody of a TV show. The yeah. titles, the freeze frames, the you know, all that yeah. stuff. I mean, and in the so and funny. in the first episode, star of House of Dark Shadows, Catherine Lee Scott. That's right. That's right. That's right. I danced with her at the rap party. See how I did <laughs> see how I did that? <laughs> and she's so and, actually I'll look here it is. Yeah. And I met her, uh, she, I met her at a, at a film festival and she couldn't be lovelier. Oh, she's, she's a, really lovely. She's I, a I did, very I did, person. I did two of those, two of the yeah. six. 
Uh, but it, 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 we were talking the other day, like to be a detective on TV in the 70s, you had to have a physical ailment that would prevent you from being a detective in real life. Like Cannon was morbidly obese. Ironsides was in a wheelchair. Longstreet was, was blind. blind. None of these people. <laughs> Buddy Epson was a million and six. Barnaby Jones is a million and six. <laughs> it's like. None of these people would have qualified to be detectives. That's the gimmick. Yeah, but it was. Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm so glad it's available. I, I'm going to get the DV, the Blu-ray right now. So great. Mine. Well, um, uh, I, just before we go, I want to announce that uh, Dana has uh, become one of our trailers from Hell Gurus, and uh, his first uh, trailer is is appearing on uh, November first. Oh, there perfect. Will, there will be more to come. Uh, the, the saddest day of the year, November first, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the day after Halloween. <laughs> oh, great! It's true. Uh, fantastic. Um, well, well, Dana, thank you so much. Um, thank you. Can I and, can I give one more plug? Um, uh, no. uh, Joyride, starring myself and Bobcat Goldthwait, is available for streaming on October 29th. It is a a uh, it's a it's a it's a concert film about our tour together and a documentary about two people that are now best friends that used to despise each other <laughs> right, and and, and uh, it will soon be available on movies unlimited <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> yes yeah and it's wonderful yeah i had no idea um i mean i know obviously you guys got on the tour and i knew that uh, things had happened yeah. um but uh yeah i just stumbled across the trailer the other night and it just it just i i can't wait to see it it just looks well, it's all Bob. Bob, I'm in it, but Bob, you know, did it. It's Bob's movie. He directed it, and and uh, he did a, a phenomenal. Oh, that's probably why you're, you don't seem to be in any scenes. I'm guessing. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Molly, you just missed me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I, it looks great. I can't. I can't wait. Yeah. No, um, he's very. Uh, the, in fact, in the post, there's a there's an excellent photo for the poster that is Bob on stage, and I'm behind him laughing and but i'm i'm soft because i'm behind him you know and uh, um and he was like well we can't have that because you're soft i think i don't care it <laughs> like it's usually with the movie no 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 it's gonna be equal it's gonna be equal. he's he's very uh he's very aware of that stuff much more so than i am fantastic um awesome and then then welcome i had no idea you were doing yeah i'm very very happy uh, very proud of it um yeah now, now uh now he's the competition joe now i have to crush him <laughs> right isn't that the deal joe makes us fight every now and then i just told you this the gurus have together it's like cage match yeah it's the lord it's the lord it's the lord michaels you know who's the worst one here I have to <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> just all i'm gonna say is wait till the first time you and karazuski both want to do the same film it gets really really ugly that's what happens say. frequently between these two uh, I'm, not, I'm not going up against that <laughs> <laughs> uh thank you so much man i really appreciate it i can't believe it. i'm so psyched house of dark i've always wondered now i know oh you'll if you don't can't love wait. it yeah you can call and give me grief <laughs> i will bring i will bring my copy to your house and swap it out for a copy of infection that's fine that's and fine. dana's address for those of you who are <laughs> that's fine. our show was recorded in the official trailers from hell crypt our engineer is the composer Don Barrett, who also transmogrified, produced, created, and zombified our theme song. Stay scary out there, folks. Oh!
Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Ken. And we are from the Triviality Podcast, a pub trivia style game show where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Join us each week for an hour-long game of general knowledge trivia featuring special guests from around the world, plus tons of extra themed episodes. If you want to improve your trivia game, or you just want to scream at us in your car when we get easy questions wrong, then we're the show for you. Find Triviality on all your favorite podcast apps. But you know that, because you're already listening to a podcast.